Welcome to the seventh episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and fly wrangler, Adrian Pinter. How's it going, buddy? It's going quite well. I hope you enjoyed my General Kenobi, or sorry, my uh, my Grievous impression. That was all me. That was incredible. Thank wow. you. Thank you. It kind of looked like you were holding your phone up to the microphone. Not, and coming out of the... dude, are you kidding me? I would never do speaker. such a thing. Oh. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that was really good. Uh, thanks, good man. Thank you. Thank you. Hundred percent. I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's the most delayed answer to how are you I've ever heard. Uh, I'm okay, man. I'm okay. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How uh, how's the new job? I believe you just started it, dude. You believed correctly. How did you believe so hard that you got you you believed it correct? Uh, it's going well. Man. <laughs> Okay, it's going well. It's yeah. You're starting the podcast hard with the jokes. They're, what they're jokes? great. I'm being totally serious this entire uh, time. Adrian Pinter moved on to new job. Yeah, I moved on to the new job. Anyway, how it's, is it? It's it's great, man. I'm really happy about it. I was a little bit nervous, but yeah, I'm really liking it so far. I work with some uh, really great people that I've met during my job that I've been that I started working at uh so it's good how, how are you doing at your job I'm I'm doing good I also started a new job yeah uh, you didn't know that because we don't talk outside the podcast Never but it's it. been pretty good so far uh, it's it's a new old job so it's uh, it's going it's going so new far old. so good new old like um, so far so good like, like I was there before oh and I entered it again nice I re-entered a past occupation that I previously held you held it like a baby. That's correct. Cool, man. That's super cool. Did That's... you enjoy your uh, birthday bash? The I last enjoy... episode we filmed on the, uh, I was going to say Eve, but the morning. The morn. The morn of your birthday partay with the goulash pot. It was good. What? Yeah, one thing I witnessed is that you didn't actually cook the goulash. No. So... I was very disappointed because you explained goulash for at least well, I wanted five to, to do ten it. minutes. So... Like, okay, like my, so long story short, so like I, I'm getting ready, I'm, I I get everything ready for this goulash, you know, I, I get all the ingredients there, and my dad's like, oh, what are you, what are you doing over there with it, in, in his like Serbian accent? He sounds like a pirate here, but he sure. Is. Arr. But long story short, he just, he's got annoyed about how I wanted to make the goulash. He's like, you're cutting the onions too small, you're, you're adding, you, you want to add too much tomato, blah, 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 and I was, I literally was just like, all right, man, fuck it, just take over, it's, it's okay, I have other things to cook anyways. I was like, hang out with us. Get by the fire. I think, really, it was just him wanting to hang out. Maybe. So I was like, yeah, come on. Like, just make the goulash. Whatever. It's fine. So he made the goulash. It was okay. It's not as good as mine, I'll be honest with you. But it, it was it was a good goulash. And then, it was pretty uh, good. I enjoyed it. I made some uh, Paleskovica, which is like the, the I guess, Yugoslavian sort of burgers. It's like a mix of pe- beef and boar. Beef and pork, Jesus Christ! Beef and pork, <laughs> beef and pork with some onions, a little bit of seasoning, just salt, pepper, paprika. Had some chev up uh, there as well. It was really good. It was a good time. I think everyone had fun. I had fun. It was a long day. I started drinking by like I don't know, like one in the afternoon, and then I was up until like two, 
2, 3 a.m. And I'm very proud of how well I paced myself because honestly, I remember everything. The last, I remember everything up until I was about to go to bed where I walked inside and it just, everything just, it, everything was just black. And then I woke up right outside the, or right in, inside the door because I tripped and I hit my head on a table. And I actually blacked out. That's a true, that's not a true story. Anyways. Was it true or not? I'll leave it up to uh, the, the viewer. listener. The <laughs> listener, sorry. Why do, I, so, why do I always say viewer on this show? This is a problem with this. Because there's a, look at the window, man. There's like three people watching us. Anyways, uh, so it was a good time. I'm going to, I'm going to surprise you with something real quick. Yeah, what's that? Your gift that I got for your birthday came in, man. Here you, you go. You're giving it to me on the show? I'm giving it to you on, on the show. Ah, the back button attachment for the DualShock 4 for the PlayStation 4. Wow. Well, it was only really... delayed by like two and a half months. So for the past, since I've known you, every time I've purchased a gift for you, it's come in late. But yeah, it's using... strange how that happens every well, time. I've been using these shit sites, you know, like I buy it like two weeks before your birthday or a week before your birthday. But I'm Didn't using... you order them from Amazon before? It's usually not a shit site, is it? No, like not not Amazon every time. Like I'll, I'll order some things from Redbubble. Oh, you know, things like these like... These these cheap sites, you know. I mean, I don't know how how much the cost of the upkeep of the actual site. Anyways, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. But this time, I actually ordered it from uh, Best Buy, and it was a back ordered item, so I can't blame Best Buy. I didn't even know they sold this. They do. That's where I got mine. I got mine like at the beginning of the year, like before COVID, uh, when it initially launched, and pretty much immediately it sold out super quick. But I got a pair, not a pair, just one. And it, it's great. It's awesome. I can't play games without it now. You the get, only thing is, is, is it going to be used on the PlayStation 5 coming out in November? That's, I have no idea. I doubt it. That's, that's the only struggle. Because it's going to go, like, there's going to be, a, like, a regression. Yeah, it go is. go backwards. So I hope it's they, not built into the controller, the new controller. No. I hope, Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, but it's, it's great. It's a, it's a good piece. I'm going to still take you out to uh, dinner. I'm not going to talk to you when I take you out. But I'm gonna, I still need to take you out to dinner. It's not going to be this week, though. Maybe maybe after the next podcast, because this week, guess what I'm doing? I'm picking up my new bitch, Ellie. Ellie, my dog, my little princess. I'm picking her up this week. It's happening. It's happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's happening. I don't have much to say about it other than I'm very excited. Well, that's great. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks again. I no worries. I did, I did not expect that to happen. Did you which not? Which is odd. No, I didn't. Well, how, what? That? No. We don't talk outside this podcast. Why would you expect it? Yeah, you just came in here. You sat down. You set up your mic quietly. It, it was almost angry, actually. Yeah. I, I perceived it as angry. And you we don't, it incorrectly. Uh, surprisingly, or I guess not, not really surprisingly, but unfortunately, we don't have a fly, or, or fortunately, we don't have a fly buzzing around our heads. No. You know? I was going to uh, name him Frederick. I, I murdered Frederick, dude. I, Did you actually kill him? I fucking slit his He throat. was pretty annoying, I must say, from that last episode. He I grabbed... I did think he was going to mess up that touchscreen because the touchscreen on that laptop that you're using over there is actually, it's problematic. And I've had it click on me when I've done like a presentation webinar online to like 30 people. And it's just clicked to the next slide repeatedly. And I'm like, ah, excuse me, I'm having a technical difficulty, Um, basically. It's not ideal. No, I grabbed Frederick out of the air. I tore his wings off, slit his throat and burnt his entire body. That's so terrible. I don't know if he deserved that. He did. He did. 
You disrupt well, this masterpiece in the making. You disrupt that arguably what was the second best podcast we recorded because the first best podcast we've ever recorded is, is deleted. It's it was gone. deleted, yeah. No one's ever going to be able to hear the best podcast ever recorded ever. It's true. Speaking of mistakes, let's get into the show corrections. Uh, we specifically, it's a small segment of our show because we, we, we rarely get things wrong here on Split Focus. And if we do get it wrong, it's not our fault. It's someone else's. Yeah, yeah, exactly, for sure. It's the sources we go to. They sometimes get it wrong. But regardless, the first clarification is something we referenced last week about Wonder Woman and Aquaman. We talked about how Wonder Woman made a billion dollars, or we speculated. This is more of a clarification. I don't think we ever completely jumped out and said how much it made. But Wonder Woman actually didn't make a billion dollars. Seriously? It's weird because Aquaman did. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, like Aquaman made uh, 1.148, I think it's somewhere around there now, I'm going to be wrong or something, but it's it's, it's $1.1 billion. Why? And Wonder Woman made $821 million, which is strange because definitely Wonder Woman is the better movie. I think we can agree. It is objectively a better movie. Aquaman is not a good movie, and I'll stand by that. Aquaman's dumb. It's stupid. They they talk (laughs) underwater. It's the same word. It's dumb and Synonym, stupid, but yeah, and it's dumb and, and stupid, and and the idea that these these people can talk underwater is the most ridiculous thing. No, okay, no, I digress. Don't they have a way to do that? They go like they talk like Chewbacca, and then it comes out like regular words. Not actually, but the entire movie. Anytime they're talking underwater, there's this weird sort of uh, adjustment to everyone's voices to make it sound more uh, vibrate-y or whatever the, the word I'm looking for is. Sure, sure. And it, I hated it. I, I did not like Aquaman. Again, I mentioned last time that I was maybe not in a good mood Okay. when I watched it. Right. I'm never going to be in a good mood to watch Aquaman. I stand by that. It's not a good movie. Fuck Aquaman. Oh, you're just saying it was bad. It was. It made your mood bad. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Like it, It's fine. From from the people I've, I've heard that watched it, like from people I know that have seen it. Have you not watched it? I haven't seen it now. Uh, you don't have to. It was not very well reviewed. You told me not to watch it. Yeah. That's what you said. Don't. You don't have to. I think that's exactly yeah, what you said Yeah, it's two hours and 48 minutes long of boredom. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't strike me as something that's awesome in that also Rotten Tomatoes had it poorly reviewed. And I think that's just exactly... Didn't it come out right around the Amber Heard allegations as well? Not to... Again, not to condemn a movie. I shouldn't even say that. Not to condemn a movie that one actress may have... You know, just because one actress, you know, Mm. potentially beat up Johnny Depp, allegedly. I heard about the Amber Heard stuff after I watched the movie. Maybe that's what it is. I didn't watch it on the opening because it opened at like Christmas Eve. It was Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. I think I watched it on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Watched it with my lover and her parents and then my parents. Together, you all watched it. Yeah. Or you watched it twice. No, I watched it together. And, uh, man, I cannot take my father to the movies. Was it like Meet the Parents type of scenario? Like they hadn't met yet? That's an actual... They... No, <laughs> actually, that's the first time they actually met now that I think Are you serious? Yeah. How did that joking. go? It was fine. There was pretty, like, minimal interaction. It's a movie, so no one really talks. But my dad just didn't shut the fuck up. I love the guy, but he was he kept me like, who is that guy? Like out no loud way. in the theater. I'm like, dude, shut up. Like you can't do that here. Like why? He's just like this old, like Eastern European man that just doesn't understand. He said why? Yeah. He just kept on like asking questions. I'm like, shh, like shh, like, stop. Did anyone else say shh? No. 
No, there wasn't. I feel like that many. happens more in the movies or like a TV show that somebody in the back of the like behind you will say shh. Have you ever told someone to shut up in the movie theater? No. Oh, I have. There's been moments where there's been pretty annoying times. Yeah, where I'm like, shut the fuck up. But I haven't done it. You've done it. Yeah, so there's this one time I remember, uh, what movie was, oh, it was the Hunger Games. It was the final Hunger Games movie, and one of our uh, mutual friends, he brought me to the movies. I was having a bad, like, bad time. I broke up with my ex-girlfriend. Uh, everyone was having a party, and they invited me, and I didn't want to go. So, like, my friend, he, like, kind of reached him and was like, hey, like, let's go to the party together, but before we go there, let's, let's hang out. Like, have you watched the last Hunger Games movie yet? And I was like, no here i'll take you so he brought me there and we're sitting in the theater this uh this one guy a couple seats down just kept on taking out his phone just kept on taking out his phone with the brightness to max i just remember like after the fifth time was where like, was he sitting like in front of you no like two seats to the side three three four seats to the side oh, that's two to five seats to the side brightness and imagine watching looking at your phone with the brightness to the max in a dark theater it's like i i remember i literally just like looked over i was like dude what the fuck and uh he just like kind of looked at me and then put his phone away and then just didn't do anything and that's pretty much where it ended. Oh, he didn't. He didn't continue to no, look at no, his phone. No, he, he just stopped. Oh, it worked at least. But I literally just like looked at him. I was like, "Dude, what the fuck?" You know. I guess you were in your right to do that. I was because it's. I was in a bad mood. It's pretty already. bad theater etiquette. Yeah, I was to like, "Come so. the like, piss off, man." This is not really me like telling someone to shh. But I remember uh, at at Cineplex in um, Canada, at least, there's these like, "Oh, don't be a Susie seat kicker or whatever." You know, there's right. like brief interactions where yeah, like, someone's yeah. like kicking your seat. And yeah, remember, it's an advertisement before the movie happens. Yeah, like don't don't sure. do this. Like don't be on your phone. And I remember there's the "Don't be the Susie seat kicker" one where it's like someone behind your seat like kicking your seat. Right. Uh, I, I don't even remember what movie I watched, but I remember that commercial happened. And I just turned around and I looked at the guy behind me like, "You hear that, man?" <laughs> <laughs> it was obviously in jest. Wait, and, wasn't that Ready Player One? I think it may have been Ready Player One. And honestly, I kind of wish he kicked my seat because then it would have kept me awake in that boring-ass movie. Oh, man. Come on. Ready Player One is not bad. Yeah, it sucks. It's, it's not, not that movie. bad. It, it sucks. It made so many references. It's so referential. Oh. And it's got great sound. It's got All great right, the sound. All right. The sound's good. I'll, I'll give it that. Like, oh, look. Hey. That one scene, that race scene in the very beginning, the first one. It's fun. Oh. It's fun. A, it's a good racing, but it's it's all it is. That entire movie is like, hey, hey, you remember this thing in that in this one movie? You remember it? Like, yeah, you bozo. Of There's so I many do. of them though. There's like millions of them. You can't even catch them all. I know, and I wanted to shut. I don't know. Off. I liked it. I'm glad you did. Honestly, like, I never want anyone to dislike a movie just because I dislike it, except for Aquaman because that movie sucks. Anyways. The next clarification, we're actually going to go to uh, the mailbag for a moment. We ask our listeners to write into us with questions, comments, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us once again, and he said, Hey guys, first, I'd like to thank Adrian for clarifying that the half cow that he butchered was dead when he got it. Butchering a living half cow is very noisy. It's true. So, quick quick aside, I hate sure. to interrupt, it's not cow-related, but when I was a kid, about three years old, and I met my grandparents for the first time, because they were in Serbia, and my parents brought me there, I remember my grandfather, who, who's passed away now, rest in peace, loved the dude, he brought me, because he was a butcher, he brought me to this, just a person's house, he bought a pig, because he would make, like, uh, kielbasa, and just, like, a bunch of, like, smoked meats and stuff. Right. And one thing that's, like, stuck in my memory is... So they, they would bring the pig out. It was a pig that he, he would kill, and they would bring the pig out, and he would just bash it over the head with a mallet. Oh. And the blood would be pouring out, and the pig would be screaming. I feel like this part and of the show is not for vegans. Definitely not. But anyways, that's stuck with me ever since. 
and it is incredible. He did that in loud. front of you? Yeah, I was three years old. Yikes. It stuck with me. I that's my earliest memory. If I think about my earliest memory, my earliest memory is Well it's traumatizing. Is, sure. is is the blood pouring out of a pig's head as it was screaming in pain. Anyways, continue. Yikes. All right. Well, continuing Kenneth Setobauer's email. Mulan. So many factors in this. First, Disney was inundated with requests, demands, to stop postponing Mulan and put it on Disney+. Plus. The $30 price gives you access to the movie as long as you are a member of Disney+. Plus. Yes, if there will be a limited theatrical release, I will definitely see it on the big screen. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people who want instant gratification and will take convenience over waiting another year. As for the story, it was originally a Chinese ballad. When the cartoon was released, the Chinese were, in general, appalled by it. The live action is a retelling of the original ballad, adding elements more consistent to Chinese culture. So there will be decided differences from the cartoon. As for the controversy, Liu Yifei... Nailed it. Is that correct? Dude, I have no idea. I probably should have looked this up before. But anyways, as for the controversy, Liu Yifei made a statement on social media saying that she supports the police. Yes, what is happening is horrific. But there are some people that are culturally conditioned to support law and order. Parallel it to the protests that are happening in North America. And peaceful protesters are met with tear gas, rubber and pepper bullets, and batons. I have yet to hear someone say they are boycotting a picture in North America because a member of the cast said Blue Lives Matter. This is just a bit of his email. Ken writes very long emails. And so... Uh, we're going to stop here for just a moment and address these particular topics. We've addressed the uh, noisy cow, half cow being butchered. But the Mulan situation, of course, this is related to what we talked about last week where, again, on Disney+, Plus, Disney is planning to release Mulan on September 4th as a $30 rental on top of the streaming price of $8 a month in Canada and, what is it, $6 in the United States. Yeah. Regardless... What the heck is still my response. I don't think that this is good for the industry as a whole, especially, we talk, again, talked about this mm-hmm. last week, especially movie theater chains. I'm very worried about what this might mean. Yeah, what do you think about Ken's uh, email here, so far at least? And what do you think about the, you, you had an issue with Liu Yifei, the main actress in Mulan, playing yep. Mulan, because she specifically called out, actually, she retweeted something. I think it was somewhere along the lines of the Chinese government's tweet. Mm-hmm. It's actually not on, on Twitter. It's their very famous website that's like Twitter, very similar. I believe it was Sina Weibo or Sina Weibo. Weibo? Mm. I'm not sure how to pronounce that either. I have Again, no idea, man. The, the prep on the pronunciations was poor here on this episode. But regardless, the idea was she, she reposted something from the Chinese government specifically saying we support the police. Uh, and what a shame uh, the Hong Kong situation is because of what the, how the protesters were reaction, reacting. Mm. But I would say that she didn't really put her two cents in it too much in this post specifically. Not to pardon her actions. Yeah. But what, what, again, do you have any other insight on this specifically? I, I, I believed last episode specifically that I, I don't believe that anyone should boycott a movie over one actor. Yeah. Unless they've done, well, unless they've done like murder or, or, or like certain mo- certain actions potentially, sure. Or if you're like Bill Cosby, you know, you can't really watch the Bill Cosby show anymore, I don't think. Well, it's harder to watch it certainly because it's very much yeah. got his name written all over it. In this case though, 
again, what do you think? Do you, have you changed your mind on this in a week, or has this pretty much been? The I don't same know, reaction? man. Like, I, th- I think, I think at the end of it, yeah. Like, I, I do agree. Like, there, there's way more than just her that applies to the movie, or, or that took part in the movie. So, like, I'm not entirely going to boycott it in, in the sense of that whole thirty dollar price tag with the rental. Yeah, it's preposterous. The, the more and more I think about it, it's absolutely ridiculous because you don't get to keep that $30 movie that you paid for unless you keep your subscription. Like the more yeah. I think about that, no, it's, it's the, ridiculous. The, the well, it's a rental it though. It doesn't matter. No, it stays on your Disney plus account. So it's technically a purchase. Quote oh, unquote. it's a purchase for $30. So you keep it. And mind you, huh. this is $30 American. We didn't even take into account the price that it's going to be here Who knows in Canada. Gonna be it's going to be like $40 or something ridiculous. Oh, so you get to keep it. That's so odd. That would It's an even stranger thing. I know. I just don't understand like why. Like Either let us buy it like a la carte or just add it into the service. There's no point on like separating it. And again, I don't think this movie is going to be good enough to justify $30. What movie is, though? Uh, you can buy some box sets for seasons for for four, twenty episodes for thirty dollars. Yeah, I just don't. Again, this is I'm never gonna sit well with me. I just can't believe this. I get the instant gratification thing. People do want that. I know that. That's, yeah. I mean, it's why Quibi should be successful, kind of thing. But like, I don't know. I I'm very confused. Why would you do this, Disney? Do not make this move. We're gonna be talking about Disney again and another weird move they're making later in the podcast when we get to the news. So I guess stay tuned the for nose. that. But yeah, like the in terms of this whole idea with the Blue Lives Matter thing, I, I would like to point out that I don't know of any celebrities that did do this. Me neither. That's the only thing. Like I, I don't have an example. So maybe you have an example listener out there of somebody specifically saying Blue Lives Matter and then people not boycotting them. But it's not really happened because it, it's very tone deaf at this time. Yeah. With Black Lives Matter running. Also, this is a different time than in 2019 where, when she reposted this and then people Correct. were boycotting her. Uh, Jackie Chan famously also said, I'm not aware that this is happening in Hong Kong, which is ridiculous. Dude, shut the fuck up. Keep in mind, though, their careers are made, his career especially was somewhat made in China. Like, if he says something against it, it sounds like he doesn't believe in it because he pleaded in ignorance because that's a dictatorship and yeah. they censor everything. So I don't, again, this is such a complicated position. Even with Yi Fei's, I support the police. I just don't even, if this was in the States, it would be actually worse because you have a very free concept of these people are being shot with rubber bullets in the eye, these For reporters. No, yeah, no reason. And then the reporters. Yeah, like, they're. They're literally reporting on what is happening there. In a land that is based on free speech and like yeah. free press. You it's, know? Almost, it's worse. It's ridiculous. Almost. No, it is. It Although, is. again, in Hong Kong, someone was shot with a live bullet. So there's Again, these are very complicated issues. And what I would say for the Blue Lives Matter thing is that Blue Lives Matter is also different than I support the police in a lot of ways. It too. is. Again, Anyways. everyone's an individual, and you can support individuals. Right now, we need to focus on the actual important things that people are being discriminated against and quite literally murdered on the street by a profession. Again, I think we've talked about this previously about a Chris Rock quote, how you can't have bad apples in certain professions. Like I don't, I don't think we actually did talk about this on the podcast. Did we not? It, that honestly sums up this whole thing for sure. The idea is the most common thing that people say is that offense to the concept that cops are consistently shooting black people more than any other race of people. The defense of this for a lot of people is, well, not all police. And it's it's just a couple bad apples. 
And Chris Rock's quote was essentially... It's just like, in some professions, you cannot have bad apples. Like, if you had a bad pilot that killed 300-some-odd people because they crashed... Ah, not all pilots are bad. There, again, there are specific professions that everyone needs to be good and professional in. And there's a line that you can't cross. And yeah, I'm sure... Again, there are good police officers, hundred percent. That's not the, the, the point. But that isn't the fucking point. It's just like that quote. It's just such a, a good point. Again, you can't have a pilot or a surgeon working on your brain. That's a bad apple. You just <laughs> they shouldn't be in that position. The thing about a cop is that they're legitimately their job is to be a moral compass in a lot of ways for society. Like they have to make life and death decisions. I should say in a split second, they have to be completely emotionally competent. And there can't be a single trace of racism at all. There's this idea that you can have good and bad cops. You just cannot. 100%. They're carrying a weapon. They're the ones allowed to carry a weapon in every, pretty much every society. Yeah. I, I, we didn't want to get into this too much because we're really talking about politics here. Yeah, but man. Little as matter, actually, Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan specifically was caught in 2017 with a social media post about Blue Lives Matter. Blue Lives Matter initially started because of Black Lives Matter, actually. Mm-hmm. Eric Garner was killed by a police officer unjustly, just like it happens every freaking year, every month. It's ridiculous. But the idea was that after that happened, somebody killed two police officers that were unrelated to the killing of Eric Garner. And so the idea with Blue Lives Matter was to protect police officers that are constantly in the, the line of fire. They're, they're putting their lives on the line. And so that concept of what Blue Lives Matter is, is a good concept, actually. Yeah, But of the course. problem with it is it was rooted based on Black Lives Matter in the first place. It started with Black Lives Matter, and it still has to be root. That's the root cause of this whole thing. So you have to fix that first. And systemic racism in the States is ridiculous and rampant. And the most easy way to see this is, guess where I learned about the Tulsa massacre from? Watchmen. Exactly. Yeah. The HBO show Watchmen. People in Tulsa who live in Tulsa, some, not all, but some don't know. There was, I don't know, it was some news broadcast, but it was recently put on Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. It was a a black man who didn't know that there was a massacre at Tulsa at all. He was a younger fellow, but that's crazy. And the reason why also is people aren't being educated properly. Again, we're ranting here bad, and I'm especially, but let's go back to actual TV shows and movies here for a second. Watch Watchmen. Yeah, watch it. It's just so topical. And again, it came out before this all happened in 2019. And the concept of the Tulsa Massacre and everything, everyone should know that this existed. This is something that should be very much public knowledge. Because again, the history keeps repeating itself. But in regards to Watchmen, that, that was a masterfully, it is a masterfully created show that's up for many emmys at the emmy awards uh, in september i think 20 20th yeah it's 28 emmys the 28th no i'm saying is it 28 emmys like emmy nominated. oh it was nominated for a tremendous number yeah, yeah yeah for sure okay let's hard cut away from this topic on our show we typically try and stay away from the politics of the world uh we try and keep it light as much as possible so let's steer away from this topic and to the next correction. The next correction is also from Kenneth Stadelbauer. He specifically said to us, Besides the upcoming John Wick 3 and 4, The Ballerina will be a movie spinoff and The Continental will be a TV series, not two series, as stated in the second best version of your sixth podcast. And there's a quote here. Quote, I think the saddest people always try their hardest to make people happy. 
because they know what it's like to feel absolutely worthless. And they don't want anybody else to feel like that. Robin Williams. Rest in peace, man. And Hassan Kenneth. Uh, yeah, it, it, the ballerina specifically is a movie spinoff. I could have not sworn I, I thought it was in, like I, I know in my heart of hearts that it, that's what I thought it was, but maybe it didn't come out properly. Looking but into I, it, I, I honestly am. didn't see anything about another series, and so I was very confused because I know the Continental was coming yeah. out. I meant it as a as a movie, but that's on me. I didn't explain it properly, and guess what? You guys can't look into my brain. You guys don't know what I'm thinking. What am I thinking right now? Guess potato. What the fuck? How did you? Anyways, I know it's unreal. I'm a I'm a clairvoyant. That's mm. not relevant actually. That would be telepathic. But anyway, um, well, clairvoyant is all knowing. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine too. They, it works. they both work. It they works. both work. It works. Hey, it works. That was a weird. That was the worst segue ever. Let's go from like the deepest conversation we've had about, or at least the most intense topic. We're so light on this show. We're literally talking about. Yeah, we just talked about like human rights violations for about thirty minutes. So, anyways. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah, let's Jesus move on. Jesus Christ. And uh, thank you for listening to our show. You can write into us as well, by the way. Just to reiterate, again, splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com or write into us specifically, each of us on Twitter. We're both on Twitter or our Split Focus Podcast Twitter account. Thank you again, Kenneth, for writing in. We do appreciate you. What have you been watching, Adrian? You want me to tell you? I do want to know. What have you been watching? TV shows, movies, t- uh, news broadcasts, YouTube videos, Quibi. Amaletto short films. So, yeah, I actually have watched quite a few Amaletto short films. Oh, some more since last yeah. week. Nice. There's, uh, I, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but again, I cannot recommend the Amaletto YouTube channel enough. There is so much great content. I've been watching essentially one, one short film a night at the very least, but there's a couple that stuck out to me. Uh, one that I really loved. It's a little bit campy. It's really nice. It's called trunk space and uh <laughs> I love what you described as really nice i also watched it i yeah. wouldn't describe it as really nice it's but... really nice <laughs> it's um, really nice sure it's, it's really good it's fantastic it's, no it's it, really it definitely uh broke my expectations which is these every single one of these short films continues to like smash what i expect them to be which is so fantastic no amaletto honestly I recommend it tremendously. But yeah, go on about Trunk Space. I, I really loved it. Yeah, man. It, it was genuinely fantastic. It's about like these two uh, women that pick up a uh, hitchhiker um, who's kind of a creep. And he's a pretty creepy dude. He's a super creepy dude. He just looks creepy. They they cast the perfect guy to look like a weirdo. And <laughs> That's kind of mean of the act. I think they made him look pretty weird no, as well. He, he just looks like that naturally. They didn't even put any makeup or anything on him. He's just a weird looking person. <laughs> and he, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I don't know who you are, man. But these two women, they pick up a mysterious hitchhiker, and there's a murderer on, a lo- on the loose who's been Discovered by like a, almost like an amber, it was not an amber alert, but an emergency alert. It was yeah. an emergency alert, and they learned that this is... Uh, yeah, there's, a, there, there's a person decapitating people, and it kind of progresses from there, not to spoil anything. Yeah, don't spoil anything more, it's but too it's short. But it's really Just good. Just watch it. That one's really worth watching. It's exciting. They're all worth watching, aren't they? Definitely. Um, another one I watched is called You Never Answered. And the entire thing takes place and it's just looking at a phone. 
that keeps on getting notifications and it just tells the entire story of this person that becomes missing and all you keep on seeing is the notifications appear on the phone like people looking for this person and texting them like hey where are you are you okay yada 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 isn't that like the that movie with searching um searching but no it's it's different from that because you don't see anyone's face all you see are notifications there's no audio it's just this eerie music playing and you just see notifications going off being like hey are you okay Uh, from mom or whatever it's like hey man like it's been a while like your mom just messaged me blah 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 and it just keeps on going from there cool absolutely fantastic that searching was a really good movie too by the way it is it's coming out on netflix in canada in the next few days was it john cho is that john cho the actor's name yeah Yeah. from it's funny because that guy really turned it around in terms of being typecast because he was in harold and kumar right um like in the two harold and kumar movies i guess and then like he almost got typecast as like a a comedic actor and then really kind of switched it around Searching is fantastic. And then one of the other ones I watched, again, I don't want to stay too long on Amaletto. I can't recommend it enough, but this final one is called Follow Your Heart. This one's actually uh, fully animated, and it's about a young woman who loses her heart and then learns to find herself. The thing is, though, is everyone's heart is like a dog. They're walking it on a leash, but she loses her heart. Um, so she loses her dog and uh-huh. kind of goes from there. It's incredibly adorable. It's uh, not too long. Again, none of these are incredibly long, but that was the, the three that really stick out to me. I've watched like probably 10 or 15 since the last time we've talked about it. Um, and it's really great. However, one of the uh, things that I've watched, uh, I think we talked about it last week, is American Pickle. Yeah, we talked about it because you made that mistake last week. I didn't make it. You didn't say M. that it was coming out. numbers.com the most reliable sure, source of course, on the of internet. Of course, sorry, my mistake. I uh, made that mistake, and so I watched it. It's an HBO Max movie that was yep. created specifically for HBO Max, but we get it here in Canada on Crave TV, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wa- d- did you watch it? I did watch it. Yeah, I watched it as well. And what did you think? I-, I-, I can see on your face you didn't like it. Am I wrong? I didn't like it. You didn't like it. I thought it was interesting. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's to me. It's nice that it's only an hour and a half. Right. Yeah. It's fairly short. Like in the grand scheme of things, if you look at like other movies, sir. Correct. Like it respects your time, which I appreciated. But other than that, it's not funny, really. I maybe laughed two times throughout the entire movie, and it's marketed as a comedy. I get that it's kind of wholesome, and there's like this nice, like sort of thing going on about it but again i'm a big seth rogan fan this is definitely not his best work uh it's interesting both, though like you're saying it's marketed as a comedy but why would that matter is it the expectations ruined the movie for you yeah i wanted it to be funny but it's not that's not even it man i don't like any of the characters in the movie they're not likable people both seth rogan characters which are the two main characters in the movie are not likable people in their own way just to like give it a little bit of a context a man living in is it a fictional place i think so it's it's a it's a town in europe which is meant to be like based on like a like an old school slavic country yeah for sure he immigrates to america to the united states specifically and he works in a pickle factory in the united states and he's not making pickles in this factory but he's chasing rats, and one day he gets chased into a pickle brine, but then they shut down just as... They literally shut down the factory just as he falls by a- accidentally into the pickle brine, and they close the lid of the pickle 
the the vinegar concoction. Yeah, it's vinegar, salt. No, it's water, salt, and a pickle. As he says. In the movie. <laughs> oh, right. Anyways, he's brined for a hundred years, and then he wakes up when two kids find this fa- abandoned factory, and they accidentally knock the lid off, and he wakes up, and he's alive, but also the same age as he was a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. And so he was all about family and tra- traditionalism. He was hundred. He's from a hundred years ago, and so then he goes to find his great great grandson because he's the only living relative, and so he meets him, and then ridiculousness ensues. Although the plot is ridiculous as a starting point, it is. And again, the one time I laughed was there's this news thing going on. I'm like, oh, so like, like how how can you explain that this guy survived in this pickle brine? He's like, oh, you know, it's totally explainable by, by science, and we've definitely just explained it. And that is the like, one time I actually laughed in the movie because I was like, oh, this movie's self-aware. Oh, it's extremely it's, self-aware. And that, that was really the only time I actually laughed. The rest of the movie, I just, I don't know, man. I, like, I was in a good mood, too. I just kind of sat there and watched it. And I can't, like, hammer this home enough. They are both such unlikable characters. The, the main character who falls into the pickle brine and then his great-great-great-grandson, they're both shitty in their own ways. And they don't really have any redeeming qualities other than, I guess, Mr. Picklebrine being like, I love my family, but I'm also, like, racist and, like, a piece of shit and don't understand, like, mo- like what modern life is. And then Seth Rogen modern day just being an asshole that tries to ruin his great-great-grandfather's life throughout the movie in awful ways because he knows that he's a shitty person. And I don't know, man. It just wasn't enjoyable for me i just agree disagree with everything you're saying everything you're saying i just completely disagree with really i have the opposite notes here completely i oh. really like the movie i thought it was extremely thoughtful but ridiculous the premise is ridiculous but it's not really a comedy it's it's, it's a drama it's clearly a drama with comedy elements and they point i feel like they like pick fun at a lot of american culture which is really one of the highlights of the movie and that they point at the ridiculousness of social media as an example and uh, stuff like that. I found Seth Rogen was fantastic. I thought he did a great job. I thought it was really heartfelt. And there was a moment I cried in the movie. I, yeah, we're in a, we're like watching a different movie yeah. here. Herschel, who's the, the guy who gets brined from a hundred years ago. He like wants seltzer. I just thought that was ridiculous. His goal in life is to drink seltzer. So it can tickle his tongue and then he gets to live to, you know, he gets the, what is that thing called? Soda stream. Soda stream. Friggin' Ben, who's the other Seth Rogen. It's also ridiculous that they look the same because a great great grandson wouldn't necessarily look exactly like you. But that's the self awareness of the movie, though. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's funny at times. I, I laughed out loud multiple times. Mm. We just disagree very much so. It's interesting. I just thought it was very, uh, again, heartfelt for, for what it was. Michael Giacchino scored a lot of the movie. The, it was really, like, it sounded great. The score is actually really, is really good. good. Yeah. So I will give credit where credit is due. Like, Herschel reminds me of Thor, like, coming down to Earth. He's just, it, the, the bewildered, how bewildered he is by everything. The big city, the, the tall, like, he's just not from that era at all. And it's just something, there's a lot of charm in it. I don't know. I I think Herschel was learning throughout the movie, like very quickly. So I don't know if he was really that bad of a person because he he is 
learning. He's just he's stubborn because of the way he is. It's not. I don't know. It's if you lived a hundred years ago, again things were different. So it, it's not like he was. I don't know. He wasn't ever gonna learn to be a better person. I, I didn't find his great 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 grandson is specifically trying to ruin parts of his life, but that's because he literally accidentally ruined his great great grandson's life. So he's ruining Herschel's life. It's like a revenge. It's a weird revenge story. Yeah, but again, but it, it's by it's like a back and back and forth revenge story. But it's just ridiculous. Like I didn't. It's very light, and then it gets really deep. It's one of those movies that surprises you. It's at least surprised me. It didn't surprise you, I guess. But it surprised me in that it got it was so silly, and and then it gets down to earth in like almost a split second. I always appreciate when a movie does that when they can take something so ridiculous, but then make it so real all of a sudden and that moment uh, near the end of the movie there's a moment in a synagogue i just found that that was very heartfelt and there was there's moments in that that i i just find i don't know i was impressed i must say but you obviously don't know do not agree in this yeah movie. man I, I like i'm not saying it's a bad movie it's just a movie that i didn't enjoy and i don't think is all that great like i think it's just uh, fine it's it's light it's fun and uh it's heartfelt that's that's my that's my review of it that's fair to me, it's boring, but it respects your time, and I would never watch it again. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, it's been lately, Seth Rogen movies, you've not been liking them. Like the ones you've been watching. I, I, if mm. I recall, like not Seth Rogen produced, but Seth Rogen starred movies. Like you really didn't like Sausage Party as an yeah, example. Yeah, Sausage Party sucked. Like I liked it. But I love, like, Pineapple Express is one of my favorite comedies of all time. I love, like, this that's is the old, end. That's old, man. That's so old. Yeah, I know it is. But I love this Even is this the is end. the end is fairly old now, too, in the grand scheme. Again, it's not but I like a new movie. Seth Rogen produced things. Like, I love Preacher. I love... Yeah, um, this doesn't really count. I'm saying, like, a Seth Rogen... Like, a, a Seth Rogen joint, or, like, his thing. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I can't really think of the last movie that he came out with is... I just thought it was Sausage Party. I'm not sure. There, there must be. Oh no, there's that movie with Charlize Theron. Oh, I like Long Shot. I thought it was. Oh, you fine. saw Long Shot? Yeah. Okay, cool. I didn't. See I that. thought it was okay. Like it's not amazing, but it's like funny enough. That's yeah. why I am surprised because of your your love of Pineapple Express. So it's interesting. Like it's like there's a gap in time where you just like these movies aren't quite as good as as uh, they were before in your eyes. It seems like I, I met you. No, no. I, 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 I think you're right. You. I think. Uh, like a lot of my love of uh, Seth Rogen comes from how he plays off James Franco as well. Like I think they are just, they just play off each other so well and they're such a fantastic combo that I like them. I like most James Franco things that I watch actually, but yeah, I don't know for Seth Rogen again, uh, sausage party. I didn't, I, I actually disliked this movie again. I don't hate, I just didn't like it. And then long shot, I think is okay. Like it's funny. It's whatever. Nothing fantastic, but that's fair. I don't As know. a note, uh, this movie was specifically a short story first by Simon Rich, who we mentioned last episode wrote Everyday Parenting Tips, which is the new Ryan Reynolds movie that's coming out. I don't know when it's coming out, but it's being uh, produced now and directed by Paul King, who directed Paddington and Paddington 2. Oh, and I'm all in. Again, Ryan Reynolds. I'm all in, baby. I love Paddington. So that's an interesting thing. I wonder if you'll like this one too, because this is very, I think this movie was very much reliant on the story. And I don't know if you really like the, the way it was written. Like the, this, it's the writing that, I, I don't know, I thought Rogan did a pretty good job acting in it. Yeah, it wasn't awful. Like, again, I just don't think it's as, like, it's fine. 
Cool. It's fine at best. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to like hit it like punch down too much, but again, I just really I wouldn't recommend it. There are so many better movies out there, so many, and that's the tooth. Already. Have you watched anything else? Uh, I just finished Veep, so the uh, season seven completed. It made me sad a little bit. It always does this. Whenever you finish a TV show that you got like seven seasons, it's like finishing a good book or. I don't know, finishing a video game that you've been playing for 60 hours. and Or a video game that you paid, played for 30 hours, and then now you're depressed ever since, and no video game fills that void. Exactly. Like and so Veep is... Part two for me. Right, yeah. I find that Veep, it's just sad that, that it's over. But, man, what a topical show. It's just so... It just hits all the right notes for how ridiculous American politics are. And honestly, it's surprising. Not what they got right, but I think that the overall vibe of it is exactly what's happening right now. With the whole Trump campaign and the ridiculousness of Kellyanne Conway as an example. and It's just so ridiculous. It's so good, though. It's amazing. And I really love what they did with Richard Splett, the Richard Splett character. Mm-hmm. I found that that was the, one of the highlights of season seven. Because everyone's such a sociopath, and Richard Split is not a sociopath. And that's just proven over and over again. And he's, he's arguably a pretty good dude, even though he's a little bit of an idiot in wisdom ways. He's actually a very smart person, and then he's got, like, PhDs and whatnot. But anyways, yeah, that's a worth it show to watch. 100%. Again, the- Julia Louise Dreyfus, definitely a, a show you should watch if you're into anything to do with the ridiculousness of politics in america currently yeah but no i 100 percent agree i absolutely loved that show and i think season seven is some of the most offensive television of all time like the shit that they pull off in that uh last season was i was literally shocked sometimes i'm like oh my god i can't believe they would do such a thing and yeah the ending is quite satisfying as well it's absolutely ridiculous but yeah it's a really it's a really great show I wanted to say wholesome, but it is far from wholesome. No, uh, it's not wholesome it's, at all. It's just really hilarious. My girlfriend was angry. She was visibly angry. I would look over and she would look anxious watching that show. She's like, these the people just are such terrible people. No, just oh. in general. Not the end. I think she was satisfied with the ending. It's just like these people are really... Every time like Selena Meyer, played by again, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is on screen. She's like, she's just so terrible. Every time. <laughs> It was so funny because it happened. She, she does so many terrible things. She's just awful. And she's so awful to her daughter as well. Like the whole show. Oh, man. It's yeah. just terrible. It's so good, though. Man, this show, I feel like some HBO shows fly under the radar more so than like everyone knows Big Bang Theory. You know what I mean? Ugh. Like it's so out there, but like compared to Big Bang Theory, this is like a piece of gold. It's so strange. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand something about network television that overshadows something like HBO. Actually, we're going to talk about HBO in a bit, too, uh, as we get into the news. Is there anything else that you've watched this week? I did a rewatch of Train to Busan. I think I have briefly talked about it before. My goodness, that movie's fantastic. I watched it with my, uh, my lover. She's terrified of zombies. She really doesn't like zombies. And I mentioned to her that I really wanted to watch Train to Busan 2 in theaters. And she's like, oh, I want to watch it. And I was like, it's a zombie movie. Like, you're not going to like this. It's like, no, like, just give me a chance. <laughs> give me a chance. You know? Put me in, coach. And she watched it, and um, she really, really liked it as well. And, like, I, I like I kind of, like, led her into this. And I was like, this movie's absolutely terrifying. And, like, she came out, and I was like, it wasn't that scary. 
Like, I'm not meaning, like, it's scary, like, ah, like, jump scares. I mean that it is intense all the way through, and you are terrified watching what's happening on screen. Like, it is terrifying in the sense that, like, like how is this happening? And, and again, I think that movie is arguably one of the best, like, zombie movies ever created. Like, I keep it up there with 28 Days Later as an example of just, just phenomenal movies of, of this, like, apocalyptic variety. And, again... It's so unique that the entire movie takes place on a train. It's like this bottle episode of this zombie outbreak happening outside of this train that's just going through South Korea, and it kind of progresses from there, and there's this lovely family dynamic, and all the characters introduced are so interesting and three-dimensional in this, you know, less than two-hour-long movie, and you really get to know all these characters during that time. And these people that when you start watching it that you think are total dicks, you end up, you know, kind of falling in love with them and kind of understanding where they're coming from and why they're doing these certain things. And Are you I, describing American Pickle? Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> That's what I felt like during eh. American Pickle. You think they're terrible people, Herschel and Ben? And ben they- doesn't learn anything. He just learns to be a good Jewish person. That's it. He's like, ah, oh, you know, maybe religion's not that bad. Okay, maybe stop. I let's, be an let's get back. Let's get like, back. Shut the fuck up, Ben. And then, like, Herschel's like, oh, maybe modern technology isn't that bad. All right, let's hop back on this train. Shut what, the fuck what do you up, think Dracula? Train, train to Basan. Yeah, Train to Basan is just fantastic. And I really, I'm, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna try to watch the sequel, this movie, in theaters because I really want to know how the theaters are running again. I suggest you watch the first movie. Maybe you can come with me. We won't communicate. We won't I might talk. do so. Maybe I'll give my own assessment of this movie. Maybe I'll say it's terrible. In contrast, you loving it. You'd be objectively wrong. Oh, yeah? Is that Objectively. So? Yeah, I don't want to stay on it too long because I feel like I've talked to uh, talked about Train to Basan before. And uh, it's really good. It's really good. I genuinely love it. It's it's up there in, one, like in my top 20 movies. Fuck it. Wow. <laughs> top 20 movies. Fuck it. I don't know. It's it's really high up in my like favorite movies though. It's really 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 great. And it makes it made me cry. Like it makes me cry. Uh, this is now I think the second or third time I've watched it. I think second. But yeah, I remember crying the first time I watched it and I cried the second time I watched it and I was just as frightened during my second viewing as the first viewing and being just it's intense. It is tense. If you want to feel like your muscles are um tense <laughs> for two hours long. This is the movie for you. On to the news. Are you ready for the news? Oh my Adrian? god, finally. Gosh. Number one. As reported by website Variety, New Mutants, the 13th and final film in 20th Century Fox's X-Men franchise, will almost certainly launch theatrically on August 28th, 2020. New Mutants was initially supposed to launch in 2018, prior to X-Men Dark Phoenix, but was pushed back a total of five different times. Having purchased 20th Century Fox in 2019, Disney now owns the rights to the X-Men franchise, and clearly plans to go ahead with this New Mutants August release date, despite there only being about a quarter of U.S. movie theaters currently open due to COVID-19. According to an email sent from Disney to exhibitors, Disney will allow New Mutants pre-sale tickets to go on sale as early as August 18th, 2020. What do you think of this, sir? So there's a couple things that immediately uh, popped out to me. There's only 13 X-Men movies, and this movie has only been pushed back five times. That seems a little bit low. I feel like there's like 20-something X-Men movies, and I feel like this movie has been pushed back at least 398 times. 398? Like, at the very least. 
but that's cool man again I'm, I'm i'm excited for this movie i'm genuinely super stoked because i don't know if you're familiar with the background story of this but the original director filmed the, his entire movie filmed his vision and created his cut and then it got pushed back and they did a bunch of reshoots yeah i heard that yeah a bunch of reshoots for the movie because fox at the time wanted to make it more of a superhero movie now when disney you know picked up the rights or like purchased fox and had the rights to the movie instead of using the recut stuff they were literally they told the director at the time like hey no this is your movie you do what you want and he removed all the reshot stuff and it is now his actual vision well that's what you want it's exactly what i want and the nice part about this is if this movie sucks, we know to never trust this director again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, for sure. It's not like a David Iyer situation where we don't know. We don't know. It's, you know, it's, you know? <laughs> it's, it's like if this movie sucks, this guy probably just doesn't know how to make a Schrodinger's Iyer. Yeah. So uh, I'm ex- incredibly excited for this, actually. It looks super cool. I love the idea of using, you know, the superhero genre, but kind of, you know, flipping it on its gosh darn head and uh, making it something totally different from what we're used to. That's why... Like Logan. Th- that's why Logan is so fantastic. Logan is the best X-Men movie. Maybe one of the best superhero movies ever. It is really good. I like. I talked about that briefly on it. Definitely. On I think podcast. Logan is as high quality as the Nolan Batman trilogy. I, I would make the argument... Like, I personally like Logan more than the Nolan trilogy. That's a Better than premise. The Dark Knight? Yes, you like Logan better than the Dark Knight. I like Knight. Logan better than the Dark Knight. Okay. I'm not saying that it is objectively better by any means, but I love Logan. I think Logan is arguably the best superhero. Even it, you can't really call it that, but I mean it is like superhero movie ever created. It's it's next level. It's What do you mean you can't call it that? It definitely is a superhero I mean, it movie. Is, but you you know it's it's more than that. You know, it's not this theme. This little Black a, Panther was not nominated for Best Picture. Part. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and I will stand by that. Anyone that wants to argue with me that Bla- Black Panther is any more good than great sounds like the Academy is wrong with you. Yeah, the Academy is wrong, and they're dumb. In the words of that guy that made the game a way out uh, when he announced it at the Game Awards, Joseph Ferris. Joseph Ferris, fuck the Oscars. Actually, I really like the Oscars. Anyways. Little known fact. A Way Out, the mocap for A Way Out of one of the characters is Joseph Ferris's brother, Ferris Ferris. He's also in Westworld. Oh. Yeah, a little tidbit for you. That's super cool. He's I one of the scientists in the season, in season two specifically. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Hmm. You, you didn't notice him? He looks exactly like the guy from the game A Way Out. Yeah, the guy with the... The taller guy. The nose. <laughs> gonna the say longer him. nose, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a longer nose than the other guy. So okay, it's yeah, obvious. fair enough. But anyways, yes. We know my thing about this is. No. We didn't talk about the industry aspect of it. What the heck is going on? <laughs> Why is this releasing? In I, theaters. No, so it's my understanding that this movie, part of the sale uh, of Fox, was that this movie had to go out to theaters. Like, that's my Fine, then release it some other time. No, just get it out. Who cares? This movie's not going to do well. Period. Full stop. I don't think this movie is actually going to do well. Well, then why didn't they release it last month? Because no theaters were open at the time. Oh, I oh I see what you mean. That's a that. Like that's, now movies are like now. Oh, so theaters. it's just open now, so they have to get it out there. Yeah, that's a ridiculous thing to do. That's but that. Just, I agree. Okay, I agree. I here's think it the is problem absolutely with this. Ridiculous. Here's the problem with this. If this movie is critically acclaimed, 
then this is the stupidest move I've ever heard of. Because they knew that they had something good on their hands. They had a diamond in the rough. And they just decided to push it out on August 28th before Mulan. Why did they do this? They couldn't put Mulan in theaters. They can't. They, they will not put it in any, any market that uh, has Disney Plus accessible. This is ridiculous to me. I, again, I don't know what Disney is doing. But this is stupid decision after stupid decision twice in a row to me. I think it's really dumb. And a lot of fans on Twitter are confused. Because some people are actually quite excited about this movie. Just wait to a month. Wait until September or after 10. But it's not going to get any better. Is it going to get any better? What do you mean get any better? Like the the world, man? We don't know. Okay, that's yeah. that's true. But I think they no just want to get it out. I think they just want to shit it out, which is okay. I'm going to watch this regardless. In terms of New Lawn, New Lawn's like way bigger budget. Like they need to make their money back on that. Whereas they didn't make the New Mutants. They just bought it. They just have it. They just have this movie hanging out, and now they just got to release it. I guess. A Quiet Place 2 is pushed to next year. Yeah, because A Quiet Place 2 so is... So push not... Mulan to next year. New Lawn, you mean. Uh, yeah, this joke is not, not getting it's any great. better it's with great. age. It's great. Uh, a week has not made this joke better. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I disagree with you. I don't think New Lawn should be a $30 rental on a streaming service that you lose that purchase slash rental if you stop paying for that subscription service. Because for one, I doubt New Lawn's going to be good for one mulan is also like there's been theater chains there's this one clip of this guy breaking signage did you see that no there's a guy breaking mulan signage because they were shipped all the signage when mulan was supposed to be in theaters yeah or at least to prep them for it and now it's not happening so this guy's like speeding up this mulan poster oh yeah he was just fucking smashing that shit that's what he was he was upset i don't blame him because, again, Tenet and Mulan were supposed to build this theater business up again. And Disney's not really... They don't care because they're a corporation. They're speak, They're thinking like a corporation, first and foremost. Which is fine. I get it. They're a company. I just don't think... Why isn't everyone else doing this? Why, why aren't they saying to Christopher Nolan, Well, too bad, bud. We're going to put this on, what, HBO Max, I guess? Fortnite. We're going to put this on Fortnite. Yeah, we're going to put this on Fortnite. We're going to make bucks, the big no, bucks. You got nothing to say about it, Yeah, Mr. for sure. Chris. Mr. Chris. Mr. Chris Nolan. No, instead of doing that, they're actually coming out and saying, no, we support Christopher Nolan. And he wants this on in theaters, and there's no way in heck that we're releasing this. Is the this. director of Mulan. I don't know. That's the, exact, that's the entire point. What Everyone knows matter? Christopher Nolan. Everyone knows Christopher so Nolan. So he gets to choose? He gets to you know, choose. He's probably, yeah, actually, oh, I'm not working with you again if you do yeah. this. You're breaching my contract, yeah. so <laughs> sayonara. I guess you're right, actually. That's a good point, but it, again... It's the best point ever made on this podcast, except for the best episode of this podcast that we recorded that's not online. I just have a feeling this Mexican movie is going to be good. And I just think that why oh, would you release yeah. this now? That makes no sense. Release it after Tenet, about two weeks after Tenet. Tenet. Yeah, exactly, Tenet. Anyway, so this is stupid to me. I, I do think it's going to be good, though. I have this weird inkling that it's going to be good. Like, I saw... a a short snippet of the panel that they showed for a Comic-Con at home mm. with the cast and the director. It could be terrible. It, it, could, it could very well be terrible, but I just have this feeling. It's going to be good. That This also could be a testing ground. They may be testing this movie to see what theaters are doing while Mulan is in theater. That's the only maybe a good thing, but they're, they're using this as like a test dummy. That's that, not even... If it is, though, that's be. not even a fair, like... Like test, like obviously. That's why way, they're doing this though, because there's no hype than new, like than in New Lawn than there but is. There's, in, there's than X Men: The New Mutants. It's not even called X Men: The New Mutants. It's it, just called The New Mutants. It's about the hype though. So there's no hype for this movie. So how can it do? What can it do? 
in the current market, the current state of things, and they're going to be like, oh, well, actually, it did fairly well, surprisingly. And then may, maybe the next movie, Black Widow, they're testing the waters. Black Widow's a juggernaut. Well, obviously, if somebody goes out to see New Mutants, they're going to go see Black Widow. So it's in the same genre, but they're not even close to the same hype factor. So maybe this is like a test dummy to test to see what happens. But I just, I find that this is a slight to the director and the team working on this if it's good and they know it's good. That's my point. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see what they do. I just think this is another stupid decision, but you seem to think differently. So yeah, I guess we'll again, find out. We're in just disagreeing this whole podcast, Adrian. Yeah. This, this, I don't think yeah, we'll, I don't we're think only on friggin' news number one here. We might get to blows by number seven. Dude, I don't think we're ever going to agree again. Just don't do violence to me. Don't do violence to me. Huh? <laughs> I won't okay. do violence you. To get you. that reference? Yeah. Okay, cool. Number yeah, two. Yeah, reference from a bad movie. Oh, I'm just God. kidding. It's not a bad movie. It's fine. All right. Number two. According to the publication The Hollywood Reporter, Jason Bateman is set to direct a movie adaptation of the Gus Krieger novel Superworld. To create this super-powered flick, Bateman will be teaming up once again with the screenwriter for Game Night, Mark Perez. But it doesn't stop there for Bateman, who will also soon be directing an untitled Perez-written Netflix comedy and potentially a Simon Kinberg heist drama called Here Comes the Flood. Superworld follows the story of powerless human Ignatius Lohman in the year 2038 as he tries to navigate life as the only person in the world without superpowers. Adrian, did you read this news? Are you aware of this news? What do you think of this news? I, yeah. Yeah. They didn't answer the third question. <laughs> it's cool. I I really love Jason Bateman. I think, for one, he's a fantastic actor, and how well he directs those episodes of Ozark, it's top tier. Um, so I have a lot of faith in him. I absolutely adore Game Night. It's really good. Game Night is so hilarious. Pretty funny. It's so funny. It's on the level with American Pickle, certainly. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> no, I actually do think Game Night is really good in a different way. In a different it's way. so hilarious. Yeah, he produced that film as well. So I think he had a little bit of it. I think he had his hands in the pie with that one a little bit more than just it, you can never really tell what every producer is actually doing on a film, but I think that he influenced that film quite a bit, and it, it is really good. It shows. Yeah. It shows. It shows with the Frito-Lays sequence. Oh, and my gosh. various others. Let's not Dude, ruin it here, but again, what a— I am not joking. When I saw that—it's in the beginning of the movie, the Frito-Lay segment. I laughed in that theater for 10 minutes straight. I could not stop laughing. It is pretty funny. Because I would—I'd laugh, and I'd calm down. And then I was sitting next to my uh, friend Eric, and we would just look over at each other and make eye contact and continue laughing. And it just, like, I don't think I've ever laughed that hard in a movie theater. In, I, I, I can't remember the last time. I legitimately can't think of a time I laughed that hard in a movie theater. My stomach hurt after because I was laughing so hard. That movie is absolutely phenomenal. So if uh, the writer Mark Perez comes back and uh, writes the Superworld movie i imagine it's going to be a comedy as well it seems like it i mean it sounds like a comedic concept it is yeah it seems a little bit ridiculous i feel like i've definitely heard of a concept like this before Me too. it must be this novel yeah like it must be something to do with this novel i don't think i don't know maybe there's something else like this yeah, but like i don't I, think so it's a really cool idea it is a really cool idea so i don't know I, i'm a big fan of that um i'm fully into it uh as well as again this new netflix comedy Again, being written by Perez and directed by Bateman. That's untitled at the moment. Yeah, it's it's we'll an untitled thing. Ends up being. Um, so like I, I I'm again I I'm Dan for if it's another comedy with them attached. Hell yeah, I'm in. 
It's kind of interesting though with Simon Kinberg. He had a lot of like a lot to do with the X Men movies. Am I am I wrong about that? Am I thinking of the right? <laughs> You're Simon? not wrong. For the longest time, I believe like Simon Kinberg, he was a producer on the majority of X Men movies. He, he was part of the best X Men movies. Well, he wrote of, a lot of them. Yeah, and he was a part. Not just of, a producer. Like he he wrote a ton of them. Like he also wrote the ever uh, beautiful and one of the best superhero movies ever, Fantastic Four for the 2015 Ooh. Fantastic Four. Although that movie was another movie that the director said that, the, if I recall correctly, that yeah. the higher ups were telling him what to you do. You gotta change everything. Yeah, and then he came out with the Tom Hardy uh, starring movie Capone. Capone, yeah. Which I don't think is well rated as well. That's not compared first to Fantastic Four though. Fantastic yeah. Four was a disaster. Yeah, that was a disaster. Did you did you watch Fantastic Four? I didn't know. Fantastic. No, it was it was very badly. Yeah, I'm never gonna watch reviewed, that. Movie. And I was like, no. Yeah, isn't it like eight percent or some dumb number? Is ridiculously low on Rotten Tomatoes. But to go back to Kinberg, he wrote X Men: Days of Future Past, and I love that movie. That movie's fantastic. That's maybe my second favorite X Men movie. Maybe X Men Two <laughs> is really good too, though. I must say. Yeah. I think that's when it started to really lift off for how good it was. But X-Men Days of Future Past. It's funny that it lifted off and then immediately crashed with the next movie. The Last Stand was terrible. It's a bad movie. But Brian Singer seemed to have pretty good thoughts on how to create the universe. And then he was kind of ditched for the third movie. And so that's a, that's a long story past for sure. But he came back for Days of Future Past, and then that movie was good with Simon Kinberg specifically. And he also wrote a little little flick called X Men Dark Phoenix. That's what I mean. That was like <laughs> that was what solidified me what being a terrible like, oh movie. man, man, Simon Kinberg does not know what the fuck he's doing. I think he was just lucky. Like I think Simon. I don't know if he's lucky though, because he wrote. There's a lot of movies that like. But Simon Kinberg directed. Not only wrote. He also dark- wrote Apocalypse, which is worse. it's awful. That's a worse movie than Phoenix. Yeah. Apocalypse it is, really is bad. You threw your literal bagel. bagel, your cream cheese bagel at the wall. Yeah. You took it. I don't, I didn't know you had that in your trunk. We're walking to our cars and you go into your trunk, you pop the trunk, you grab a bagel and you flipped it at the wall of the yeah. theater. I was very confused. I was like, what are you doing, bud? I, I hated that movie. That's, we should just describe things that are terrible as like worth of, actually we kind of did afterwards. Yeah. If, is it that bad? I'm going to throw you a bagel. You didn't really throw a bagel. Yeah. But anyway. I didn't have a bagel to throw. He also wrote Sherlock Holmes. The, the Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jinx, Jude you know, What? Jinx. Just leave it at that. And he wrote Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Brad Pitt and oh, the, Angelina Jolie. Yeah, that. And he also Fairly wrote... all right movie. <laughs> he also wrote X-Men The Last Stand. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh Anyways, my god. I have I have I don't care. I will I watch the Simon Kinberg heist drama called Here Comes the Flood if it stars Bateman slash is directed by Bateman? It's not always Yes. The, the problem with the superhero movies, especially the X Men, is think about the the people who are higher up that really control this franchise. I would argue that the reason Marvel, the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is so good is because Kevin Feige is completely governing it. Mm-hmm. And he is clearly wise in the way he's doing it. Yeah, he's if like Ke- Yoda. If Kevin Feige retires or he gets fired or something happens where Kevin Feige is no longer in charge, I would seriously question whether this series will continue Will continue in a good way. Right. So I do question it. So yeah. I, again, 
that the, the one of the reasons the main reason I think it's good is because there's a person who's obviously a good judge of what a good story is in charge with Kevin Feige specifically. Kevin Fieri. Kevin Fieri. Yeah. What is that referencing? It's Guy Fieri's brother. Okay. Anyways, next story. Number three. As reported by Variety, FX's Fargo will premiere its fourth season on September 27th, 2020. What? Season four was initially meant to release in April of this year, but production delays due to COVID-19 prevented this from happening. Fargo is an anthology-type TV series that is based upon the style and overall feeling delivered by the Coen Brothers' true crime 1996 film of the same name. It is very much the brainchild of writer-director Noah Hawley and features a truly all-star cast each season. Season four will star Chris Rock in the leading role alongside a supporting cast of... Uzo Aduba, Jack Huston, Jason Schwartzman, Ben Wishaw, Jesse Buckley, Salvatore Esposito, and Angie White. I'm very excited about this. Dude, I I cannot wait. This is this is it. This is it. This is the TV moment I've been waiting for. This is, this is the TV moment I've been waiting for. What about uh, Timothy Oliphant? Like, what wasn't he one of the starring people in that show? That was my understanding. Like, didn't they like kind of? Yeah, that's him in the weird. Trailer? Actually, that entire there was a list of cast members. I took some out. I just kind of truncated it, but he wasn't in it. Oh, weird. I'm not sure why. You, that's a really good point. It's yeah. Variety. I just based it on the Variety article. Like, I remember him being in the trailer specifically, and it, it almost seemed like he was one of the main characters in it. Maybe they just forgot his name. I don't know. People aren't perfect. You write articles, you know. I mean, speak for yourself. I'm perfect. You write articles. Yeah. Where? I'm not going to tell you. All right. Well, anyways, I'm very excited for this. This series is fantastic. Every season is so different and unique, and I've loved all three of them. And they've got such an all-star cast every time. It's impressive. It's incredibly impressive. And again, yeah, you're you're totally right. Like, it's, it's unique. Every season is so very different while still keeping that same dark humor tone throughout it, uh, really encapsulating what, you know, the movie is like this is such a surprise show because i really thought it was going to fail initially now i don't know if i should say i thought it would i just felt like it seemed like a ridiculous concept i mean you know what i mean yeah like it kind of is like hey remember that movie that came out in the you know 80s we're gonna 90s was it in the 90s early 90s yeah it's literally part of what i read the 1996 film of the same name ah whatever not important to the story <laughs> Anyways, this is a 90s film yeah but like hey let's make a, a tv show that's a sequel to a 90s movie that it takes place a decade later with all new cast you know it it, it had the writing on the, on the wall to well it takes place in good. various like spots in in history yeah well i'm, I'm saying the first season the first season oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, like billy bob Thornton and martin freeman are just oh man that cast it's yeah, so man. good colin it's hanks just, Again, like the the vibe of the movie is what they carry forward in the show. Mm-hmm. There is a specific vibe with Fargo the movie, though. So it wasn't. I guess it's not that surprising now. I guess in hindsight, I guess Noah Hawley approached the Coen Brothers specifically before this show was ever made, and that's I think what gave me pause into thinking that it would be something good, because they said, "Yeah, do it." They're executive producing it. So yeah, yeah. man, I, I I genuinely cannot wait. I'm so very excited to talk about this. Yeah, with you on the podcast because Let's we don't do talk it. outside this podcast, of course. And again, it is Fargo is probably my favorite movie of all time, and Fargo the TV show is up there in my favorite TV shows of all time. I think I I feel like we've briefly talked about this before, but we've uh, talked about Fargo a little bit. Yeah, and again, I absolutely love the movie, and I love the TV show. 
This, this is just one thing I'm genuinely excited for, something I'm actually looking forward to. Really, the only thing I can think about that I'm looking forward to other than um, the PlayStation 5, I guess. Interesting. Like, like I the, really want to watch Tenet. You mean Tenet? Tenet? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tenet. Yeah, I, I, I'm quite excited for that, too. Like, I want to watch those. But, like, Fargo is the one show that, like, I'm watching that. Like, I need to watch it. You know what I mean? Like, I can't miss out on it. Right. Whereas I could miss out on Tenet. I, I want to watch it. I want to. Don't get me wrong. I, hey, look at me. I, look at me right now. You're staring into my eyes? You're staring into my eyes. I want to watch that movie, too. But, like, when it comes down to, like, the things I'm most excited for this right, year. Right. It's not like American Pickle, as an example. Exactly. American okay. Number four. Jesus. As reported by Canadian news outlet CBC News, original Avatar The Last Airbender creators Brian Knitsko and Mike DiMartino are no longer involved with the live-action adaptation of their series due to creative differences with the team over at Netflix. The co-creators both expressed their disappointment and the need for their departure on social media. Specifically, in his open letter written to fans, Brian Knitsko wrote, quote, This is absolutely the most difficult decision I have ever made. But there is no doubt in my mind, it was absolutely the right choice. When Netflix brought me on board to run this series alongside Mike two years ago, they made a very public promise to support our vision. Unfortunately, there was no follow-through on that promise. To be clear, this was not a simple matter of us not getting our way. Mike and I are a collaborative people. We did not need all of the ideas to come from us. As long as we felt those ideas were in line with the spirit and integrity of Avatar, we would have happily embraced them." Unquote. With this being said, DiMartino and Kanitsko also expressed that the series had some talented individuals attached that might in fact be able to make an enjoyable show, albeit not what they envisioned. What do you think of this? You are a fan of Avatar The Last Airbender, so I'm sure you have a ton to say. Yeah, man, this is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, this is total bullshit. It's such a huge bummer. I was already fairly uncertain about this. However, like I was staying optimistic. Again, I, I've mentioned it plenty of times. I'm doing my rewatch of Avatar The Last Airbender, and the tone of that show is amazing. It's, it's masterfully crafted. It's the perfect balance of this childlike humor with adult themes and it's unbelievable like it's a show that i would like to watch with my child in the future that i'm gonna watch with my little princess ellie when i get her ellie's a dog I yeah i know she's she can gonna watch tv shows you're so ridiculous the idea that you'd even say something like that oh my goodness anyways i'm not i'm gonna pretend that never happened however it's just awful because it's my understanding that Netflix wants to essentially age up the main characters in... Um, Where'd Aang. you learn this from? Sorry, I didn't read this that. This is in another... Uh, this was like from a tweet that was in relation to like the quotes uh, made. And... Whose tweet? Some some dude on the show that was retweeted by like one of the creators of it. Oh, they okay. wanted to age up Aang, Katara, Toph, and Sokka, who are the four main characters, as well as like Zuko and everything. Right. And apparently they wanted to make it bloodier, more adult-themed, and have like more like sexual elements this show is about really children like oh. quite literally like 12 year old kids awkward. and stuff so they wanted to age them up so they're adults and it's like that's not the point of this show the creators they envisioned the live action creation to still be very you know like child oriented and they were very adamant on the on their point of not wanting to hire any white actors because there's no white characters in the show, which is kind of interesting because they're both white, the, 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 these creators. Mind you, there's also a third creator that is not attached to this whatsoever. His name's Aaron Ehas. He's the guy that went off to create Dragon Prince. 
So one of the reasons why well, I was none little, of them are attached anymore. Yeah, exactly. But one of the reasons I was a little bit skeptical skeptical in the first place is that Aaron Ehas, he was the head writer of Avatar: The Last Airbender, and he writes the some of the best episodes in that TV show. And he went off on his own to make uh, well away from these two other guys to make Dragon Prince that I think again perfectly encapsulates this like childlike tone while keeping these adult themes going on and he made it a fantastic show and these other two creators went on to make the legend of korra mind you i haven't watched legend of korra but it's definitely not as beloved as avatar the last airbender and one of my close friends who watched it he didn't really like it he thinks the first season's okay and then it kind of just goes into like this over explanation territory I'm definitely going to watch The Legend of Korra once I finish my rewatch of Avatar. But again, that I digress. So hearing all these things, it made me very upset. I, I was excited to see what these guys could come up with on the big screen. Well, not the big screen, on a Netflix streaming service, but with these live action things and these characters in live action, sorry. So not getting their vision and having this kind of put off to a bunch of people that didn't make the original show what's make, the point it's just it's, cancel it now yeah man that's like, my vote that's so I'm, ridiculous think about the stupidity of it's this. dumb i'm sure man. you thought of it at length no like it this actually is so dumb it made me upset like and again i didn't watch avatar the last airbender but that's just a no-no in general you had these guys literally the creators of the original show why wouldn't you do what they're saying? Are we going to have another fucking M. Night Shyamalan Avatar The Last Right, They already made this already. And it was atrocious. It was, a ba- it was terrible. And none of the original creators were attached. He just made this shit movie. M. Night Shyamalan. Why would they? Makes, I don't get it. it. Dude, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, okay, so this we've got The Last of Us. So we keep talking about this every show. But The Last of Us, like not part two, but The Last of Us TV series coming out. Mm-hmm. Neil Druckmann's attached who created the video game. That's great. Imagine he left because of creative differences. I'm not watching that show. No, definitely not. Okay, it was. It would have been fine if he wasn't already on the project. If it just it was just Craig Mazin, that's fine. But he's literally working on it with Craig Mazin from Chernobyl. So if he leaves, it's over. I'm sorry. It's just not. I'm not watching it. These guys, they wrote two very like long letters on social media. Like this, that was part of it. That wasn't even the whole thing. Yeah, man. They it's... he was very. They're upset, and I would be upset too if that happened to me. Like, that's ridiculous. You put your, like, life's work, essentially, into Avatar The Last Airbender. And spent two years developing this. And then you and just then... ditch their ideas as if they're not important. But they're literally gods of this show. They created it in the first place. Yeah, two of the three. Like, is Legend of Korra not well-regarded? It is. Like Chris? Just not as well-regarded. Okay, well. And, like, it's not as well-regarded as The Dragon Prince, which, again, Aaron Ehas, Ehas, I don't know how to pronounce his name properly. I imagine it's Aaron Ehas. He was the head writer for Avatar, and he wrote, again, like the best episodes in that show. And then he goes off on his own and creates something that is genuinely beloved and critically well-received, whereas Legend of Korra is a little bit more mixed with these two other guys. So again, having that bit of skepticism in the first place, but now I have quite literally zero hope for this show. It's kind of nice of them to be like, oh, you know, there's some talented individuals attached and maybe the show will end up being okay. But I think that's just them trying to be nice. I don't think that's actually going to be the case. Oh, no, they're just because they hired some of the people that are now a part of it. Yeah. And they trusted those people. The other there's the other Netflix team, but they hired some of the people that are working on it for writing staff. Yeah. I just think that that's just silly. I, I don't know why this always happens, though. It happens so often. It's so strange. Beloved things 
just get torn apart by executives. It always happens like this. Or people that think they know better. You can't possibly know better. You didn't create The Last Airbender. How would you think that you knew better? You I'm don't. just so confused. Especially in a post Zack Snyder Justice League world. In, in, yeah. in the sense that like this was announced and people were super happy about it. Well, they pushed for it to happen. As I mentioned before, it was one of the most trending things on Twitter ever. For a movie released or unreleased ever that's insane release the snyder cut that's a wild again it happens over and over again and i just don't understand like the meddling for instance in the sony spider-man think about all of the movies are just par or like subpar they're none of them are great until it really got i find until it got to tom holland I, that's not true. That's a complete lie. Sorry. Yeah, Spider-Man I 2 was Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 is maybe one of the best like superhero movies ever. And at least it started agree, off yeah. the modern uh, superhero movies in general. And Spider-Man 3 is just a disaster because of meddling. Stop meddling. You don't know what you're doing. The just creators let the creators know. do what they want. It, yeah, like, it's so odd. Why is that such a tough concept to understand? I, again, I'm not an investor. I'm not the guy putting money towards this. But I'm the guy that will pay money to watch what they make. Yeah, I'm paying a Netflix subscription. Will I give this show a chance? At this point, probably not. It's going to get canceled. You think? One season. In. Two, maybe two. I I just... They'll see the initial numbers for season one, and they'll be like, oh, people actually watched it. And then no one will come back for season two. Yeah. And get canceled. That's what my guess is. We'll see what happens. Realistically, I think everyone's just going to drop off after the first couple episodes. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I feel like we're past the stage of everything that has to be dark and gritty and adult-themed. We can still make things for kids. I don't know if we're past the stage, but you can make both. Yeah. Certainly. Fair, fair point. I, I think we're at a point that you can still make things for kids that adults will enjoy. Pixar, again, like, Pixar has never changed their tone of their movies. They've kept it childlike the entire time, and it still holds up. I've been watching Pixar movies for my entire life. And never have I not, like, loved a Pixar movie. You know what I mean? Right. And there are movies that I don't like as much, but it's consistent. And no, I And I feel agree. like Avatar is such a special, quite literally one of the most special, like, cartoon shows that I can think of. Like, that has left such a huge impact in my life. And I know so many people that I've spoken to that absolutely adore this show. Why create something not for the people that love it? Why create it for a new audience? Nobody wants that. You're not going to bring people in by making something totally different. You've got to make something that is at the very... I'm not saying make it the exact same, but in live action. But keep that tone there. Because I'm 26 years old rewatching a show that I watched over a decade ago and absolutely loving it still and almost appreciating it more and kind of coming to the idea that, again, I can watch this with my freaking child in the future and I will watch this with my freaking child. And that's what we need more of. Why can't we have this live-action recreation of this phenomenal TV show that I could possibly watch with my kid? You know what I mean? My, my hypothetical child that I don't have or maybe never will have. Right. I don't know. Are you having a child? Surprise. Just Are kidding. you pregnant? I am. Home. Oh, How'd you Congratulations. Guess? Thanks, dude. Congratulations. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's tragic. 13 months pregnant. What? Anyways. It's total bullshit. I'm very upset by this, and uh, fuck that. It's going to be terrible. Fuck that. It's yeah. going to be terrible. It's going to be sure. atrocious. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, imagine working on a show like this for this long and then it just being awful, too. I, I just don't know. I, I can't explain why this happens so often, though, but it does happen fairly often. It just doesn't make sense. How do people not get it? Is it just like some of these, these old fucks working in these, like, 
do they just not understand what is going like, like, like how is it a thing that that's one of those things too like James Gunn recently tweeted out the movie wasn't meddled with it's my vision like why do you have to say that you were hired as the director it is your fucking thing like James Gunn I guess has enough clout in the industry that he doesn't get meddled with or he doesn't work that's what I would do too there's no way I would be pushed around it's like mm. no are you making this movie because if so, I'm leaving. And that's probably what happened. Again, whenever you see the, I'm leaving for creative differences, that's what it sounds like happened. Like, yeah. oh, I just don't want to do this because they're just telling me what to do and I'm literally the director. So if I'm not going to have my vision made, well, why am I here? What's the point? Why'd you hire me? God. Hire someone else. Anyways. Yeah. Okay, then. So frustrating. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss, Adrian. No, honestly. Like, it could have I... been one of the things you were excited for. But no, it's, no, it's not. It's not like it's negative excitement. At least I have Dragon Prince uh, seasons four to seven to look forward. Yeah, to. has a long way through, eh? Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I might get into that. Number five, according to Variety, writer director Noah Hawley's Star Trek installment has been temporarily paused over at Paramount Pictures. There were said to be three different Star Trek movies in development prior to this announcement. The first being the Noah Hawley project, the second being a sequel to the 2009 movie series with Chris Pine leading the cast, and the third being a Quentin Tarantino-produced film with the revenant writer Mark L. Smith penning the script. The most recent movie in the series, Star Trek Beyond, made a modest $343 million despite being well-regarded by critics. It appears as though new Paramount Pictures president Emma Watts is looking to find a more effective strategy to build the Star Trek film series back into its former glory. What do you think of this? Honestly, I never even I never even heard of Noah Hawley doing a Star Trek movie. I've heard of the Quentin Tarantino one. And the I've... Quentin Tarantino one I was excited for because he was said to be directing it for a while, and a Quentin Tarantino-directed Star Trek movie sounded like a dream come true. It just sounds ridiculous. I have no attachment to Star Trek. I've never even watched a single Star Trek movie. Nor... You haven't seen any of them? None of them. How? Uh, I just closed my eyes whenever they were playing. Okay. Um, Star Trek and, One is okay. I didn't watch the others. It, it kind of underwhelmed a little bit. You mean the reboot, like movies? Were, yeah, like the Star reboot. Star Trek Two Thousand Nine. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like not the beginning. Well, Star Trek started as a TV show, but there were Star Trek movies. Oh yeah, those were some of those were well regarded too. Yeah. Okay, no. Yeah, they're good. To, I just wanted to be sure. Yeah. Did you? You wouldn't haven't watched any Star Trek at all. I'm guessing. I've seen like. I've never watched a full episode of Star Trek, nor have I ever watched any of the movies. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Like, I've seen them. Like, I've seen it playing on my TV. I mean, like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, it seems uh, kind of like this, this series, like this newer, again, the 2009 started series with Chris Pine, uh, or whatever, the, the movie series, the new 2009 movie series, because it was, it was set to branch off with Noah Hawley. That was the idea. He was going to make a new, like, a snippet into the world. It sounds like they were trying to do something with it like they're doing with Star Wars now in a way. Like a, like Star a new Trek cast story. of characters, nothing like connected to the old stuff. It's just like it Star Trek like world that. with a... With That's what it, I got the mm. impression. There's a Star Trek show now, or, or multiple shows. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's three Star Trek shows. One's animated, one's starring Patrick Stewart, uh, and then one yeah, is... Uh, one is like Star Trek Discovery or something like that. It's a... Picard seems to be fairly well regarded by critics but maybe not the best reception audience wise at 87 percent of rotten tomatoes but 57 percent audience score but patrick stewart back in the role is really enticing just because he was so beloved in that character yeah emma watts just got into that role the paramount pictures president that's cool and so she's just kind of 
decided to go a different direction. I wondered, actually, this was the thing that I was a little bit concerned about just for a moment. I just thought about it for a moment. Is that the movie Lucy in the Sky that Holly made? Yes. Is the kind of the only movie he's made. It's like a big It's the movie. only movie he's made. And it's just not good according to people. It's just not good. And that worries me. I wonder if that long form type or is that short form? I'm not even sure now. I'm confused. I, I guess, guess it'd be it's, guess that it's, short form. Yeah, yeah, because it's only like an hour, thirty two hours. Does he not excel at that? It's weird because even if you watch the first episode of Fargo, season one. If you want to know if you want to watch Fargo Watch the first episode of Fargo season one. It's so great. Because that episode is bottled off a little bit. It's exciting. It's intriguing. It has the elements of Fargo, the movie. It definitely does. It checks a lot of boxes in the right ways. And so that it's pretty great. I just wonder how he went so wrong with Lucy in the Sky because it is not well regarded. Yeah, it's like under 20% on Rotten Tomatoes, isn't it? And even the audience score is pretty poor. It just makes me sad because it has a great cast too. Yeah, isn't it Scarlett Johansson? No, it's Natalie Portman and John Hamm. Ah. And Zazie Beetz, who's becoming quite big yeah. in, in the industry. But she's 21% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 31% audience score. Oh. I always, I'm always interested by the ones that have like that a really good uh, critic score and the opposite. Or a yeah, good like The Last Jedi, score. as an example. Right, yeah. yeah. Or the opposite. You have a really good audience score and a terrible critic score. Yeah, like Batman v Superman. I don't think so, actually. Batman vs. Superman is actually panned both ways, except for us. That's why we have that ongoing joke, because we enjoy it. What ongoing joke? It's not a joke. No, actually, it's not that bad. I don't know if it just rose, because I don't remember it being this high, but it's 62% on, on the audience score for Batman Yeah, vs. 62% of people Batman are right. Yeah, that's right. But it's still 28% on, on the actual critic score. Ugh. And they're Critics professional suck. movie reviewers, so again... Critics are stupid. It's befuddling. We don't believe that. I hate critics, bro. It's, our rule is, if it's below 10%, it's probably shit. It's probably shit, very likely. And if it's above 90% of Rotten Tomatoes, it's probably not shit. It's probably amazing. Yeah. And we're definitely going to watch it. That's kind of the rule. And everything else in between we're going to watch, but it's a question of, you know, what we're going to spend our time on. Yeah. Potentially. I really want to watch that movie Unhinged with, like, Russell Crowe. That was also not what it Yeah, it's like, it's like under 50, but it looks fun. Let's just do it. Let's okay. just go to the movie theaters one day and watch it. Cool. Yeah, there's all these well. movie deals at Cineplex right now. It's five dollar tickets right now. They're yeah, it's ridiculous. Five dollars. It's worth it. It's should, so worth it. We should just it. do it. We should wear our masks in the theater. Like set a trend. Yeah. I don't need popcorn. I'm good. I'll just I'll put the straw underneath the mask. Yeah, man, that's all you need. And uh, drink some. That's how I drink my iced coffee. Drink when some I walk juicy juice. I'm not even joking. I have my mask on and I just put the straw in my mouth. I hold it and I just sip my iced coffee. It's delicious. Yeah, you just gotta make the slurping noise through the through the ice. Right in front of customers, they'd be they'd be loving it. Yeah. Let us move on to number six. As reported by Deadline, parent company to Warner Brothers and subsidiary of AT and T. Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> Warner Media has laid off six hundred staffers this past week. Six hundred of them. Many individuals laid off were also more senior level employees, as Warner Media plans to restructure largely around their new streaming service, HBO Max. AT and T chief. John Stanky <laughs> recently presented the launch numbers of HBO Max to investors as a big win despite only signing up just over 4 million subscribers. Many believe the lack of a wildly successful HBO Max launch has been due to the absence of app availability on the very popular streaming platforms Roku and Amazon Firestick. 
There's also reason for an HBO accessibility confusion with the existence of many different HBO branded services like HBO Now and HBO Go muddying the HBO app waters. For context, Canadians get all of their HBO content from Bell Media's Crave TV streaming service. What do you make of this? That's kind of a bummer for That's 600 people. That's exactly a lot what I was of people. Thinking to begin with, they have a very large workforce of like 25,000 or something like that. But yeah, 600 is a lot. And I might honestly, my heart goes out to them. Yeah. Having just been laid off myself, uh, it, it's definitely something that I, I'd say that it's obviously, obviously it sucks. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry. And that's this is a, a rough time in COVID-19. It's weird. Like some of these companies that are laying off at this point confuse me slightly because didn't you anticipate this before? Not that it's a bad, I guess it's a good thing to keep them on staff for as long as they did, but uh, I hope they got a good heads up and a lot of them got pretty good severance packages because it's a rough time to get laid off, obviously. Yeah, more like John Stinky, am I right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> got him. Got <laughs> John, him. There was a lot of executives, like I was reading through the list, there's some pretty big names, like in terms of what their positions were, they were laid off as well. And uh, I wonder if this means they're going to get smart about this HBO Max launch because honestly... I, when I heard that they, John Stanky was talking about the... John Stinky, you mean? <laughs> okay. Got him again. Hilarious. When he was talking about the launch to investors and claiming it was great, I was very confused. Again, we talked about this a couple episodes back. Yeah, wasn't the whole point that it was considered a failure or not doing well? I don't know if I explained that in that last news story when I talked about it a few episodes ago. But he actually talked about it to investors as a success. But every article I was reading was claiming this is not really a success in a weird way. Like it was almost like kind of avoiding the fact that he was calling it a success. He was considering it a win. I do not consider it a win. Disney Plus is almost at 60 million subscribers and they only launched in like October. And we're like a couple of months in and they launched 4 million subscribers or sorry, signed up 4 million. It's kind of odd. Do you think they would have done um, the Zack Snyder Justice League cut if HBO Max was doing well? Do you think that's kind of like one of the reasons they announced the uh, because of the because it's not doing well? So they're hoping that that will bring in more subscribers. Well, if you think about it, if it's a good project, they would bring it in anyway. Like you think it's an act of desperation because they have nothing? Is that what you mean? Because if yeah. it's a good thing, it's a good project. They know it's good. There's no way they're not going to do it because they like money. So they would have done it anyway, I would say. But unless you mean like this is like they have no ideas and this is an act of desperation because they literally just lost Harry Potter. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, honestly, the HBO Max to me is a botched disaster. Uh, to me, and honestly, the reason why, again, we talked about this before, but the Amazon and, and Firestick thing is a terrible miss. And the fact that they don't have those services is partially due to the fact that they have an HBO app in their channels option in Firestick and Roku. So what that means is, they have a different app on there. Why do you have a different app? Just make wow. one. Consolidate them all. This is one of those issues that I find actually sometimes happens with Google, just to get a little bit into tech. No, 100%. Yeah. Like they, they don't understand. Why would you make Google Play Music and YouTube Music? You are, you are licensing to what? Both companies? They're closing down Google Play Music. Finally? Yeah, how after, long did that take? Like two years. And even Nest, like Nest Mini and Google Home Mini. What are you trying to do? to? Why are you confusing people? Just choose, pick a damn lane. That's my thing. I agree. Pick a lane. No half measures. Choose to do this appropriately by saying HBO Max is the one HBO app. 
We have it on everything. Disney Plus rolled out to almost every service immediately. People were complaining. I don't know if you remember that, but they were complaining slightly that Disney Plus wasn't working on everything right away. But it pretty much worked on everything. everything. Yeah, it was my understanding that it worked on everything. Pretty much. At least you're in Canada. No, it was fantastic. That was a great rollout. That was successful. Yeah, it was on my PS4, on my Sony TV. It was on Roku. It was on Firestick. It was on Chromecast. It was on absolutely everything that I could think of. Apple. It was crazy. What the hell are people using? What are they using that it wouldn't show up on? Uh, This is an actual question. No, there was a question about it working. There was some problem with it. It wasn't working perfectly. They had server issues only on some some app versions. Oh, fair enough. That's what I mean. It wasn't wasn't perfect, but it was, again, like it was so good. I just find that that's the way you want to roll out a streaming service. Mm. But yeah, my heart goes out to the people who were laid off. And yeah, I know. That's a huge bummer. And I hope this means that, again, that they're actually going to get smart about this and not just keep doing the same shit. That's, that's my hope, at least. A quick aside. You know what, actually? I'm surprised this happened because American Pickle is such a successful movie. It's such a great movie. Dude, shut up. You'd think that it wouldn't, oh they would not have had to do this, but... Oh my God! Well, I don't. Know. I guess you one <laughs> one great movie can't hold up the. You are so. Uh, I don't care. Movie. I don't care. I, like I'm probably I'm in the minority. I know that it's relatively relevant. Right? Doesn't matter. I don't care. I honestly, you know what? No, fuck you. I'm not gonna tell you what I was gonna say. No, tell me, tell me. I want to know what were you gonna say. Sorry, I, uh, I apologize for interrupting. That was rude of me. Go on. <laughs> I want to watch uh, the Harley Quinn TV show because it's apparently very well regarded. I've heard that too. Yeah. It's very well regarded. So is Doom Patrol. Yeah. Doom Patrol more so than Titans, which Doom Patrol was spun off of Titans. Yeah, Titans. Uh, it, there was an episode in Titans, the first season. I think it's like episode like five, six, seven, or eight. Yeah. Or, uh, it's in one of the ten episodes in the first season. Right. Titans looks dumb, by the way. It's not great. Doom it's Patrol fine. actually, when I saw it in the pilot was in Titans. Right. Doom Patrol, when I saw it initially, like the poster of it or whatever, like your Robot Man or whatever. Mr. Robot, whatever his name is. Yeah. Anyways, it all looks ridiculous, and I think they're pointing, fun, poking a little bit of fun at the concept of what they are, and I really like that idea. It looks very much like Suicide Squad in the way that I wanted Suicide Squad to be Yeah. with the trailer. That's yeah. actually kind of what I got a vibe out of, and that's cast for Doom Patrol. Yeah, Alan Tudyk, Brendan Fraser. Yeah, Brendan Fraser. Where's he, where's that guy been? I don't know. He's been... Uh... In a mummy coffin. Oh my god! I was gonna say sarcophagus. Yeah. Oh, that's a better one. Yeah. That, that that's actually a mummy coffin. <laughs> it's like I'm a child, I'm a small baby. Hey, but it's okay, buddy. There's also <laughs> you tried. Um, and also Timothy Dalton, who is an ex James Bond, yes. who's actually a very well regarded James Bond, and he he constantly reaches like the top five James Bond list. It's usually Sean Connery is the most well regarded James Sean Bond. Um, but he? he Timothy Dalton's well regarded according to this list that I keep seeing pop Where's up Priest, Pierce, my feed Pierce as I research stuff he's high up too he's like number number two he's number two to four usually. where's daniel craig actually daniel craig is not usually on these lists very often i don't i really do like daniel craig as james bond i think he does a really good job but whatever i've only seen one james bond movie and it was uh casino royale with daniel craig you so. didn't get you didn't go through the rest of them no i was going to i literally watched casino royale you didn't like james bond you thought he was a dick yeah i thought he was kind of a dickhead but i still wanted to watch the movie and then literally like a week later they pushed james bond the last james bond with daniel craig back to next year or whatever and, or, right. or later this year and i was like ah there's no rush so, <laughs> okay fair enough. so i'm just gonna take my time with that actually to go back to doom patrol for one moment and titans apparently hbo's plan is to pull those shows back into the fold for hbo max so I don't know if they've done it yet. They've already done it with Harley Quinn. 
Okay. Yeah. They're, they're planning to try and re- re-get those licenses back. I don't think this means they learned their lesson because they just gave away Harry Potter. But, again, that's such a comical thing that I can't even... That's how you botch a launch. I, honestly, I really do think. Anyways, I digress slightly, although we are talking about this topic, so I didn't really digress. I just talked about the topic. You, you, but I talked you about grassed. it at length. I digressed. I digressed too much. Yeah. I digressed too much, and I must move on. Number seven. According to Variety, actress Adria Ariona of Netflix's movie Six Underground has been cast in the Disney Plus Star Wars Cassian Andor TV series. Ariona joins Star Wars Rogue One cast members Diego Luna and Alan Tudyk, as well as Genevieve O'Reilly, Denise Goff, Stellan Skarsgård, and Kyle Soller. The series will be showrun by credited writer for Rogue One and Michael Clayton director Tony Gilroy. As reported by The Hollywood Reporter, Gilroy oversaw extensive reshoots on Rogue One after Disney saw the state of the Gareth Edwards-directed film. In 2018, Gilroy opened up about his involvement and explained that, quote, they were in so much terrible, terrible trouble that all you could do was improve their position, unquote. The Cassian Andor series is said to be a spy thriller taking place prior to the events of Rogue One. When announced, it was stated that it would launch on Disney Plus in 20. 20- 21 yeah right but you know this is exciting otherwise the cast i disagree i am so unexcited about this i don't i could care less i'm excited about it because it's tony gilroy cool man i already know where this character ends up i already know cassian andor are we already know the end of his journey the last thing i wanted when i finished rogue one is like oh i wonder what cassian andor was up to up until this point are you serious such yeah. an interesting guy no man give me something different give me something new give me give me a different time frame like i don't i don't need to see what... well they are doing that in the films most likely it looks like they're gonna do the knights of the old republic okay cool we can still get something new we don't need this uh, I don't know. I'm not they, sure where this it's is coming good. from. Did you? I thought Rogue One was your favorite movie. I love Rogue One, but so I don't care reason? about Cassian Andor. Like Cassian Andor wasn't my favorite character in Rogue One. I just love Rogue One. I think it's an awesome movie, and I think it's fantastic. And that's all it really needs to be. I don't need to. see I completely the, disagree. Obviously, that, yeah. I don't understand. Again, a talk, spy thriller taking place. I think we're gonna in fight. This... I think we're gonna fight. Remember when you? When you I don't said know. That you hey, you're right. Like we're just. You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of animosity. That honestly, the thing about this is like. So Gareth Edwards created a movie, and it didn't end up very well, according to Disney, because they hired Tony Gilroy. Then Tony Gilroy came in, and he fixed this movie. There was a lot of press, like, way after, saying that he actually completely corrected it. He's not a Star Wars fan, which makes me automatically fascinated with what his take is on this character and in this universe. And it's a spy thriller, which is such a good idea. I want to see what a spy thriller would look like in Star Wars. Why don't you? That's so strange. It's like, for instance, that sh- that one game, 1313, Star Wars 1313, yeah. that got canned. Oh, I really wanted that. This, yeah, man, I wanted that, that, sounds, that too, but it would have been that. cool with like a... Because those are different characters. We saw Cassian Andor... Why do you Andor's, have to see different characters? What because we, we've seen Cassian Andor become a good person. We see his character development in that movie. So what? He's just We're just going to watch this guy be a totally shitty person this entire time? Maybe he becomes a bad person. He breaks bad. What do you mean? He's always been a shit person. Isn't that the understanding? Wasn't he shitty? Like when he goes into Rogue One, he was one? born. He was shitty. He was just he came he came out but of that, his mother as a shitty person. Probably. Look <laughs> no, at him. What are you talking about? <laughs> but like, no, I don't know, man. I just don't get it. Like, when is this prequel taking place? Like, are we gonna see him when he's a child? What we're gonna watch him break bad? 
Are you going to convince yourself at the end of these questions that you're asking that this is a good idea? Because you're asking all the right questions, and this just sounds like a great idea to me. I don't know, man. I just don't care enough. Hopefully it's good. We like you do not like Breaking Bad or Ozark or anything like of that. Of course I love those. Well, shows. that's the premise but of those. Those were shows. new characters that I never saw before. Again, I don't care about this show. I I have no interest in it and uh, I probably won't watch it because I just don't really care about Cassian Andor as a character. I don't find him interesting and I don't really care to see how he gets to where Rogue One is. I like Rogue One as a movie and I think it's fine like on its own. I don't really need to see anything that happened before. That's fair. Uh, again, very interested in seeing another smuggler's take. Uh, it's definitely interesting for me. So, I, I, like seeing how, how, for instance, he gets Alan Tudyk's character, the droid. It's kind of an interesting concept. How far back? We have no clue. It could be prequel years in advance. We have no idea where it will line up, really. And uh, there's so much they can do. And there's such a completely new cast here. That again, they have so much room to play. It's just the Star Wars universe in general. There's just so much room to play, and no, but that's my point. That there's so much room. Why waste time on this? We can get something new. But yeah, fair enough. Oh, we're getting lots new. Again, there we got so many Star Wars productions. But do it's, we know? It's like, one of those things that I, I, I like don't actually. 800 Star Wars productions that have all been either canceled or unheard of. We don't even know if Ryan Johnson's getting his trilogy. We, I just think we don't Diego, know if the Game of Thrones guys are getting their trilogy. We have three Star Wars movies and we don't even know who's running them. Yeah, Diego Luna's got pretty good charisma in it. He, he was not underutilized, but not utilized to his full potential in the movie. So again, if he's got a full life, so to not see where, what he's doing is kind of silly. Also, there's this concept that you can't remake things while making other things. We have literally so many things in production. I know you're saying that things got canceled, but again, the reason why they got pushed is because of the fact that they did an oversaturation of Star Wars, arguably. And so they took a step back as a movie basis. I mean, you can make the argument that we should see something new for the Obi-Wan series. Why should we see Obi-Wan? That is kind of silly, actually. Why would Because we Obi-Wan's a beloved character. I love Cassian Andor. I think he's great. I don't have a problem with him at all. That's fair, but like, because you, you have to like, it's interesting because uh, Obi Wan is an objectively better character. Like, well, he's an objectively fleshed out character yeah. as well. He's one of the probably one of the most seen characters in the entire Star Wars yeah, universe. Yeah, exactly. So Why like, we want to see that? We want to see that in between like time. Frame I know, but you just of, made the point that it's unoriginal to go back to something we've already seen. But this is something we can yeah, go back to that we haven't really seen. We've only seen snippets of with Rogue One. Rogue One's a, it is a snippet of a story in the Star Wars universe. And Obi-Wan is literally, again, we're going to go back to the same character again. So yeah, because I, this is a character that like has cultural significance. This is, again, we're getting to blows. There's, yeah. This is not... The, uh, like, we're just agree, disagreeing very much like, on this but Yeah, there's, there's cultural significance to Obi-Wan. Everyone knows Obi-Wan. I feel like Star Wars fans, or people that aren't even Star Wars fans, know who Obi-Wan Kenobi is. So there's... Well, that, you're kind of making both arguments then. You're saying that the cultural, cultural significance means we should make the, the, the series and not knowing... We don't, we don't know anything about the other guy, so he has no cultural significance means yeah, but, that we shouldn't go back to him. Yeah, because he's, like he's the, just not as It's like a rock in a hard place. Like, what do you make a show about then? You, you make the Obi-Wan show, and then you make something new. Don't waste your time but on the But they are going to be making Andor something new. The Mandalorian is something new, right? Yeah, they can which dive is fantastic. into the entire galaxy far, far away yeah. in the Mandalorian, right? That is their new... I don't know. It's like spot. small universe syndrome. Like, I feel like Star Wars is... A, there's so much more to tell. And again, again that's, yeah. that is planned. Like, that, that's guaranteed planned right now. Like, yeah, I know. They got all pushed back because of COVID-19, but that is literally planned. Like, yeah, if, I know. If they do something different, if they do something, sorry, the same in the movies, I'd be very surprised. It does not sound like that's happening I just uh, don't in any way. It interesting. 
Yeah, I don't know. That's fair. Hopefully, it's good. Uh, like, I don't want anything to be bad, but uh, I, I will 100 percent watch it. You're not gonna watch it? I'll watch it if it's good, but I'm not gonna waste my time if it's not. They have a, uh, I don't know. They have a pretty good show track record, I'd say. Star Wars. Yeah, but I didn't watch Clone Wars or like all of Clone Wars, nor did yeah. I watch any of Rebels. Very highly regarded, though. Yeah, exactly. But let's move on to the montage, shall we? The news is is uh, is all done. Good. So now on to the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, according to Variety, Lion director Garth Davis will direct Jared Leto in Disney's now greenlit sequel project Tron 3. I wonder who he's going to set use condoms to this time. Number two, as noted by The Hollywood Reporter, Zac Efron will star in a Disney Plus remake of the 1980s comedy Three Men and a Baby. I heard he's playing all four of those characters. Number three, as reported by CTV News, Disney has renamed 20th Century Fox Television to 20th Television and has therefore removed the last vestiges of the Fox moniker from its studio lineup. What? What even is 20th Television? That doesn't even mean anything. Number four, as explained by publication Deadline, Martin Scorsese and his production company Sequelia Productions has signed a multi-year film and television production deal with Apple TV+. Scorsese Apple Union begins with the Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro-led movie, Killers of the Flower Moon. I uh, heard it's an amusement park flick. Number five, according to The Hollywood Reporter, an hour-long drama series adaptation of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air TV series is in development based upon a YouTube trailer created by Morgan Cooper. Cooper and Will Smith have joined forces to produce. This is exactly what everyone always wanted. Number six, as reported by Variety, a TV series adaptation of the Karen M. McManus hit novel, One of Us is Lying, is in development for NBC's Peacock streaming service. Who's the one that's lying? Number seven, as Deadline notes, an animated TV series adaptation of best-selling children's book Harriet the Spy is coming to Apple TV Plus and will star actresses Beanie Feldstein and Jane Lynch. I think Beanie Feldstein's the sister of Jonah Hill. Number eight. According to The Hollywood Reporter, comedian Teg Notero will replace disgraced comedian Chris D'Elia by the way of reshoots in Zack Snyder's Netflix zombie movie, Army of the Dead. Wow. I can't wait for that movie, actually. I'm pretty excited for it. I like Zack Snyder. And Dave Bautista. He's in it? He is. Number nine. According to Canadian news outlet CP24, AMC Theatres will reopen 100 theatres in the United States on August the 20th with tickets priced at 15 cents for older movies. 15 cents? That's like, that's like, it's like the theatres in the 1800s, I think. And that concludes the montage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the montage is done and now we're on to the new releases are you ready are you ready for all the movies releasing that are new yes i am very much ready thank you so there's a few movies that are coming out so i'm going to start with three movies that are coming out on august 18th the first one on the list of movies coming out is a movie called clown face i watched the trailer for it it's a uh, low budget horror movie this is confirmed by both Movie Insider and the trailer to be coming out on August 18th. It's coming out on uh, DVD and VOD. Does not look good. The next movie that is coming out <laughs> to know. is The Barge People. This is another horror movie. However, it's based in the UK. Uh, this was actually premiered last year, apparently at Cineworld Discovery, whatever that is. However, the trailer says that it's releasing on August 18th VOD. Movie Insider confirms this as well. This one actually looked not that great either. 
Anyways, the next one that's coming out is a movie called Those Who Deserve to Die. This is actually a movie that was kickstarted, I believe, back in 2017. It's another low-budget horror movie once again. This is releasing digitally on the streaming service Kino Now, uh, which, so I looked into what that is. Like, what Kinono, uh, Kino Now, Kino, whatever. I can't help you. I'm literally not reading Kino Now. Continue. I'm sure it's whatever you're saying. So I looked into Kino Now. It's an art house streaming service made by Kino Lorber, which I thought was a person, but it's actually a North American distributor of foreign flex indie documentaries and classic films. But Kino Lorber sounds like a person's name. So I don't know if it's a company that is called Kino Lorber or it's a dude called Kino Lorber that is a North American distributor. I can not Kino. K-I-N-O. Oh, it's literally K-I-N-O. Yeah. Kino. Okay, cool. Yeah. Kino. Sorry, what is this movie? Uh, It's a low-budget horror flick. That was... What's uh, it called? Those Who Deserve to Die. Oh. That's three low-budget horror flicks in a row. Correct. Wow. Okay. All releasing on the same day. Crazy. You'd think that they would all talk to each other to, to release them on different days. Yeah, spread it out a bit. Anyways, on August 21st, the rest of these movies are all coming out on uh, that day. The first one is Tesla. It's confirmed by m.the-numbers.com, the most reliable source on the internet. Rotten Tomatoes, Movie Insider as well. It's a movie about Nikola Tesla, a Serbian slash Croatian slash American inventor. We're not going to get into it. I know uh, Serbians and Croatians always have a spat about who Tesla, what Tesla is. I don't care enough. It stars Ethan Hawke in the title role, though. Yeah, it looks good. The next movie that is coming out is a movie called Desert One. It's actually a documentary about a failed U.S. military operation to rescue hostages in Tehran, Iran in 1980. Rotten Tomatoes and m.the-numbers.com, the most reliable source on the internet, confirmed that. This other movie actually looks really good. I actually like the trailer. It's called The Pale Door. It's a Western movie about a botched train robbery where instead of finding loot or whatever they're looking for they find a chest and inside the chest there's a woman um like a young woman and they like talk to the woman and she's like oh like thank you for saving me like follow me home for like a reward and they they bring her back there and it's like a it's it's a brothel um however i don't want to spoil too much because i feel like the trailer almost gives away a little bit too much but chaos ensues it looks pretty interesting. It stars Natasha Bassett, who I've never really seen in anything, but she looks familiar. And the kid from 13 Reasons Why that gets his ass raped by a broom in season two. Oh. You know who I'm talking about? His name's uh, Devin Druid. Spoilers for season two of 13 Reasons Why. But it's one of the most horrific scenes in any TV show. It's aw- I think you're going to say it's one of the most horrific season twos of any well, it is. <laughs> that too. That of any too. TV show coming off the first season anyway. The, the first season of 13 Reasons Why is one of my favorite seasons of television. I genuinely love it. I, I don't think I've dealt with something. I really loved it. I, I did think it was really good as it, well. Like, it made me emotional multiple times. I, I cried and I laughed. It, it's fantastic. And then season two is such a significant drop in quality. It's, it's, it's shocking. And then uh, I watched the first. They just didn't have anything, though. I don't know if there's a drop in quality and that it just it, didn't have any writing to anything to write about. What's it, the point at that point? The 13 they had, they reasons. Three more seasons after season one. Three. There's four seasons? There's four seasons. No way. Yes. Are you joking? I'm going to spoil 13 reasons why right now. No, don't do it. 
I'm gonna do it. No, it's a great first season. Don't do yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not gonna spoil the first season. I'm gonna spoil the other. You can't other because the, the, it gives away Kid the first gets season. raped at the end of season two by a broomstick. Season three, <laughs> one of a a, a, ra- a a rapist gets uh, murdered, and they make you sympathize with him in the first episode. So I decided not to watch it anymore. And then season four, one of the characters dies from AIDS. Done. Why did you? Do, why did you do this? Yeah. No, but you know, season one though, like 13 episodes. It's so well plotted out. Like, they clearly had a great concept. That's a miniseries. Why would you make another season? There was no point. It it ends perfectly. In my mind, 13 Reasons Why is a one-season television show. When they announced that, I was kind of disappointed, but I wasn't sure. I was like, maybe they can do something with this. But then we found out very quickly that they could not. Immediately when it was announced, I was like, I don't want this. Yeah. Like, I I had zero optimism. The first season's perfect. That, yeah, it was not good. It It sucks. It's just too bad. Uh, The next movie coming out is a movie called Stage Mother. So this one's a weird one. Stage Mother, it's shown to come out on the 21st on everything that I I looked it up on. M.the-numbers.com, the most reliable source on the internet. Rotten Tomatoes, Wikipedia, even Twitter. But the trailer, not in the actual trailer, but the description of the trailer says that it's on the 22nd. So I'm going to just stick with the 21st because that's a Friday. It's about a mother... Who whose son dies and she inherits his drag bar and hmm. it, <laughs> that's a concept. Yeah, and sure. I watched the trailer. It it seems like she didn't know that her her son was gay, nor did nor did the father. And I don't know if they they were like his, like she, she just didn't talk to him, but okay. or whatever. It's fairly unclear. But essentially, yeah, she inherits her son's drag bar and then just starts running it and starts being like super like oh cool let's have drag shows or whatever. And then the father's like. No, gay people are bad. And then they learn to discover their son uh, post his death. Yeah, I guess so. They slowly discover who he was. Who he truly was. And then they learn to love him. Inside. Even though he's dead. And he will never know the love of his parents. That does seem like the plot. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't look good. It doesn't sound like a terrible. Doesn't look good. (laughs) Uh, The next movie that's coming out is a movie called Chemical Hearts. It's about a high school senior who falls in love with a new transfer student who hides a heartbreaking secret. What is the secret? We don't know. Oh, my gosh. That's the whole point of the movie. It's made by Amazon Studios, and it premieres there. This was confirmed by movie Insider. Premieres there? You mean premieres on Amazon Prime? Yeah, as as VOD. It's confirmed by Movie Insider. The trailer itself, Google also confirms the release date. And uh, another movie that's coming out, which I think is the final movie on my list, is a movie called Hard Kill. It's actually starring Bruce Willis. It's an action movie. However, the release date is unclear on this one because it apparently comes out on the 21st 25th or the 28th according to multiple sources from m.the-numbers.com movie insider and i think rotten tomatoes as well however the trailer says the 21st so i'm just sticking with that one lots of discrepancies i made it i made it very clear that's it that's it no more movies cool never again there's never gonna be any more movies coming out ever again starting this from this week i don't believe that's correct because Mulan, mm. Mulan comes out on September 4th, so as a bloody $30 rental. Anyway, I, uh, we don't actually have anybody, who, anybody else who wrote in to us. So we've, uh, it was just Kenneth, and I, again, I, I thank him for writing in. I do remind you all that you can write in to us, and we will talk about your topics, comments, your questions, your, your corrections on our show. Please email us at splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. Or contact us with a direct message on Twitter or through our individual Twitter accounts. Wherever you deem fit, 
to give us your feedback that we will read live on this show that's available live. everywhere on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on TuneIn Radio. On the regular radio. On Spotify. It's pretty big. On 103.5. Not, not true. Actually. On 102.1 The Edge. No, actually, no. That's not. On no. 106.1. No, you're just naming radio stations, and we're not on those. And I thank you all for listening to the seventh episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Just, just so you're aware, I know you maybe already forgot, or you knew this already, but Batman v Superman is a great movie. Goodbye. Goodbye. Take care. Take care. That's my regular line. Sorry. Take care.